Girls, and welcome to another Tuesday at We Read It One Night, the podcast where two sisters invite you to join the romance revolution. In today's episode, we're back on our Twilight Saga bullshit with New Moon by Stephanie Meyer. We show our true Team Edward versus Team Jacob colors, pitch a great idea for a vampire winery, and mourn the hopefully temporary loss of our TikTok to the Menemis Horde. Enjoy the show. Terrible news, everyone. I'm sure you've all been um, <laughs> eagerly <laughs> following our TikTok. But on Monday, we we got permanently banned out of nowhere. And I don't know. I was Monday, like – Monday, April 25th. When we got like taken that hate speech thing, I was like freaking out. And then it got put back up like less than a day later. But now with this, like for some reason, I'm just so much more like – I don't know. This is just like so absurd that I just like can't even like – it's now been a week. I thought it was a prank at first from you <laughs> because you were so calm about it. Because, like, I didn't hear wailing, like, outside my bedroom door. I was like, surely Rachel was so insane the last time that she would just, like, have combusted from this. Like, I literally thought you, like, photoshopped it and sent it as a joke. (laughs) So it said it was for multiple violations of the community guidelines, which I don't think we've violated any community guidelines. But what makes me hopeful – I mean – the thing is, they don't like permanently ban you with no warning unless you do something like really bad. And I am like a hundred percent sure we haven't like you know endangered any children on our TikTok. Hopefully, so I don't know. Hopefully, it'll get cleared up. I just, I mean, there's nothing we could do besides like continuing to try to our assumption upon the advisement of Stefan, our younger brother, who is familiar with these spaces, was that. Uh, like the menemists who reported us for hate speech for saying that men aren't funny got together and like mass reported a bunch of our videos arbitrarily. Yeah, all it would take is like one 12 year old getting annoyed and like asking his like Discord, whatever server to like report random videos. Uh, I didn't think of Discord because I was trying yeah. to see whether I could find like the Reddit thread or like the 4chan thread. <laughs> Discord makes a lot more sense. Yeah, 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 that's all it would take. Is like reporting us for something like really terrible and then like we'd automatically get taken down. Yeah. The the TikTok the TikTok permanent banning is not the only way that I have personally been victimized this week. The other day, someone on Facebook who's like one of the few people our age who like still like uses Facebook to like post her thoughts and feelings regularly. So it's like always entertaining. She was like, Scooby-Doo Zombie Island is the best animated Scooby-Doo movie ever and scooby-doo's on the island is not is terrifying yeah wait yeah yeah, no no oh i'm sorry i'm thinking of spooky island i'm thinking of scooby-doo zombie island in which the zombies are real zombies it's not some guy like a silly guy in a mask like they're real fucking zombies and i remember being so terrified of that movie as a child like raise your hand if you too were personally victimized by scooby-doo zombie (laughs) island i was like so i saw that and i was like how like i haven't had felt the urge to post anything on facebook in like years but this i literally was like i'm about to get into a comment war with this girl because that movie is so triggering for me it was it's horror oh my god third eye blind contributes to the soundtrack apparently of course they do so we do always have the best soundtrack that's a given wow you don't have to think i'm sorry i'm sorry let me know 
I feel like if you like that movie, like I just feel like this podcast may not be the one for you. <laughs> like I don't know whether I can associate with people who are not terrified of Scooby Doo Zombie Island. To be fair, I haven't watched it since the first time when I was like eight, but I still don't <laughs> it's like, like animorphs. If you're into animorphs, then they're I just don't know. I just the, listen. <laughs> the premise of Scooby Doo is that it's all fake. The premise of Scooby-Doo is like you're trying to figure out like what creepy man living in the haunted house next door is trying to like steal the land by dressing up as a goon. Okay? That's the premise of Scooby-Doo. It's not real fucking zombies. Like real – there's real fucking like black magic going on. Also, I think werecats as well. I think that movie also may have werecats or some sort of witch thing. I don't know. Speaking of animals. (laughs) (laughs) today we're talking about new moon by stephanie meyer the much much anticipated sequel (laughs) to our series on twilight by stephanie meyer (laughs) and also just the much anticipated sequels to to twilight the book itself not just our episodes on it yeah but this movie i mean that book has a lot of werewolves in it the werewolves are members of the quileute tribe once again i'm here to say that the quileute tribe was exploited for Stephanie Meyer's storytelling. So if you enjoy Twilight and if you enjoy these episodes, please donate to the Quileute Move to Higher Ground Fund. Because something that I learned after reading through their website more after we did our first episode is that the Quileute, like, it's not just like, oh, like, we don't want our buildings to be destroyed, like, in case of a tsunami, which is, like, already objectively horrible. It's like, we literally... With the like the way the roads work in that area, do not have enough time to evacuate the school, the elderly center, oh or all the administrative buildings. Wow. If there is a tsunami. Like the warning doesn't like they don't have time to escape. So help wow, move the Quilly Reservation to higher ground by donating to the Higher Ground Fund, which will be linked in the description of this podcast episode wherever you listen. Mm-hmm. Let's um Let's permanently ban the tsunamis from <laughs> destroying the reservation. <laughs> As it were. So, all right, New Moon. Can I just say that this book is like probably tied for my favorite Twilight book? Like the first There's three only quarters. Four Twilight books. What do you I mean? Know, tie? <laughs> like the first three quarters of Twilight, I would say it's like my favorite, but also like the last seven eighths of New Moon. Like, I don't know. They're kind of like almost equal. But the beginning of this book is just like, uh, just like boppity bop bop. And I'm like, you know what? We should have just cut this. Just replaced it with one sentence. Edward is a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So so we open up. We're welcomed back to the sweet embrace of the Twilight world with, you guessed it, friends, a Romeo and Juliet quote. No shockering there. And an action-packed prologue the classic ya prologue where bella's running through a crowd and you're like oh my god bella's running this is already horrifying (laughs) but then like somebody else somebody's gonna die so like that they're you know the extra tension but like first of all you're spent you're like oh my god bella's gonna trip she's gonna crack her head open on the pavement and that's gonna be the end yeah so yeah you spend the whole book really just in tension of like whether whether bella is gonna gonna die Yeah. She's gonna make it a wherever she's running to. Who knows? What else is new? Bella's gonna die. That's what we were talking about. So I made the mistake of like googling something from this book, and it brought up like articles. I don't know. I forget how 
I don't know, one star reviews on Goodreads. What, whatever. Somehow I came across that like Stephen King quote. Looking at this book on trashing, yeah, trashing Stephanie Meyer. Then he's like, Stephanie Meyer just isn't a good writer. Like blah de blah blah. And like you said, like it's like the classic like J.K. Rowling teaches young girls about bravery and friendship. Twilight teaches you how important it is to have a boyfriend. Yeah, but like, can we just? Let me just emphasize that, like, if there's one theme of Twilight, it's, like, selfless – being completely selfless, like, selfless bravery to the point where, like, Harry in Harry Potter, he – sure, he does dangerous shit, like, every book. But the only book – he only goes to his sure death once in the seventh book, right? Bella does it every fucking book. Like, she's literally, like, I am 100% going to die. And you know what? I don't fucking care because I only care about the people I love. I don't care about myself. I'm going to go and I'm going to literally 100% die. And then just like by some, you know, act of God, she doesn't die. But like what? Like I don't know. Yeah. That's just – I mean we don't need a rehash. We can – yeah, we can – I mean you can criticize again Twilight all you want for like the unhealthy relationships. It Relationships, plural. It portrays. (laughs) But like – I don't like the. I don't know. I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know. Twilight is like pretty feminist, just in how like Bella, like I don't know, she's not a damsel in distress. And also, I saw a tweet recently that was talking about how like, you know, like I get how we, you know, we're trying to make heroines with like agency, and like you know, you don't want to just be like the damsel in distress. You don't want to just like write women that are just the damsel in distress all the times. But they were like, listen, sometimes I literally just want to like sit and look pretty while like a man comes to rescue me. Like sometimes I want like sure, sometimes sure. I just want someone to be like, hey, you don't have to have it together and be competent all the time. Like I can come help you. <laughs> like Yeah, and there's nothing I wrong feel like with that's that. the fantasy sometimes. Right. But that's not this book. Like the entire thing is Bella being like, I'm no. just gonna completely disregard like i don't know which might not be healthy either but you can't oh no bella bella wanting to constantly like bella i'm not suicidal swan (laughs) wanting to (laughs) constantly like being constantly ready to like die at any moment for like like, the random old lady she sees every day at the grocery store just like anyone at all times ready to die like definitely not the healthiest way to approach life (laughs) <laughs> she also, to be fair, definitely be willing to sacrifice that old lady if it made like Edward happy. But whatever. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but this book is also like the book. The whole book is like Bella, like getting like self confidence in herself and like seeing her own like worth as well. Because that's the whole journey. Because like she starts out this book being like, I don't know why Edward's with me. I'm so lucky that he's with me because he's so perfect and I'm like dumb. And at the end of the book, she's like, No, fuck that. I deserve yeah, like Edward's love. a little. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Edward's Edward's a little bitch boy. I love (laughs) him, but Edward's we're on the same level, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's so fucking dramatic. So we open up with Bella having this like dream where she's talking to her grandmother, who for some reason is dead, even though Renee had Bella really young. So like, whatever. The grandma's dead and also old, so like she must have had Renee at the age of like fifty or sixty. I don't know. And Bella thinks she's the grandmother. Yeah, yeah, because she was like a miracle baby or something. And then Edward walks out, and Bella's like, "No, Gran, they're in, they're in the sun, they're in the meadow." And Bella's like, "No, don't come out, Gran. We'll see you." But then she realizes Edward comes over and like puts his arm around her, and she's looking in a mirror because she's ah. old. And then she she's wakes turning up, you know, screaming <laughs> as you do. Yeah, it's her 18th birthday. <laughs> Wait, something – wait, I want to say some things about this dream. First of all, she realizes that she's dreaming almost immediately. But she's like, I have two pieces of evidence and I'm going to state them in order of importance of clues that are giving me that I'm dreaming. One, it's sunny. 
And I'm like, Bella just can't resist even dreaming an opportunity to roast forks. Like that, the most important piece of evidence is that it is sunny in this meadow. She's like, she's like, this can't be forks. There's too much sun here. The second is she's like, oh yeah, my grandma, who has been dead for six years, is also here. But that is significantly less important as a clue than the fact that it is sunny. And I'm like, God, God damn it, Bella. It's been like three pages <laughs> and you're already going after forks again. Also, she compares <laughs> yep. her grandma to a dried apricot. Oh my God. Which like, again, how old could she possibly have been? Anyway, because she dies when Bella's like five, right? Or like, te- like young, like not. No, not she like- died like six years ago. Oh, okay. Right, right. You just said that. Yeah. That's what she said. But anyway, I don't want to do the math on that. Anyway, Bella's like freaking out. And as per usual, she's like, I hate my birthday. I'm going to be older than Edward. I don't want any gifts. And as per usual, everyone ignores her wishes because Edward (laughs) fundamentally does not understand Bella at all. And neither does Alice. (laughs) No one does. However, listen, I know Edward and Bella are super unhealthy, but it's it's just really cute how like immediately happy both of them get like when they see each other at school you know what I mean like I don't know like she pulls up and they're just immediately she's like oh my god like my day is immediately made like this is it I've seen Edward and like Edward clearly feels the feels the same way I, I don't know they're just like so and this is why I'm so bitter that we didn't get the soft summer Bella's like yeah we had a great summer where we just like hung out together mm. all summer every day and I'm like, Stephanie, where's the bonus scene? Why didn't I get this? <laughs> yeah. Bella just spends so much time being like tense and like worried around Edward though. Like, Yeah, but that changes. Like the point of this book is to get her to stop acting like that all the time. Like to get her to like see her own self-worth and be able to like roast Edward at every opportunity. Maybe. I just feel like compared to how she – well, we'll get there, but like how she is with Jacob, at least like for the first, you know, three quarters yeah, of the Yeah, until book. Jacob also becomes a manipulative dickwad. Yeah, but Jacob like at least actually understands her, you know? Like he's actually good at reading people so. because he can't just rely on his mind reading. No, he does. It's like said multiple times. It's like he sure. actually like, – I mean I'll like, talk about this like, later. But my yeah. whole thing is like the only reason Jacob bothers to understand her is because he wants to get in her pants. Well, sure, but Edward doesn't even bother. So, okay. So basically they pressure her into like – having a party tonight at the Collins house. So before the party, they have to watch Romeo and Juliet for school (laughs) for some reason. And Bella loves Romeo and Juliet. And we get throughout this book, we're just hit over the head with the fact that Stephanie Meyer is definitely one of those people who thinks Romeo and Juliet is like the best, most romantic story ever. And you would like Romeo and Juliet, but like for whatever reason, but it's not a romance. Like it's just fundamentally, I don't even think that was the point, frankly. (laughs) It's called, the full title is the the tragedy of Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) I know, but I'm saying like even even taking away the ending, it's like not – they're 13 and 15. No, I know. Anyway, but but wait, wait. About the presents thing, Edward's like, why can't I give you presents in the movie? And Bella, we have this great line. And this is like the same – Bella has the same attitude where we don't get this iconic line. She's like, oh, I don't have anything to give you. And then Edward is like, Bella, you give me everything just by breathing. And I just like imagine being another like student at Forks High School who's like walking by and like hears that shit. And you're just like, oh my God. Like, you know that like Bella and Edward are like the weird couple that everybody makes fun of at sleepovers. Like, <laughs> yeah. Also in the movie, Bella's like, oh, like I'm 18. And Edward's like, that's not very old. Like, I'm a- I'm 109. And she's like, maybe I shouldn't be dating an old man. It's gross. Like, I'm like, oh, you said it, not me, Bella. <laughs> <Is that laughs> <it>? interesting 
But this Romeo and Juliet that they're watching, so I'm assuming – I think they're watching the 1960s Romeo and Juliet, like yeah. it's confirmed in the text. The 1960s Romeo and Juliet, for those of you who for some reason didn't watch that like every other high schooler in high school, um, has a Romeo played by someone who is definitely like Zac Efron, like who's mm-hmm. time traveling. Like it's he literally looks exactly like Efron. And there's also a scene – so Romeo and Juliet, they have sex, obviously not like on, like on screen, but like – there's like a pan up of like Romeo's like naked butt and then his like naked back like right after like they cut away to the sex scene and my ninth grade English teacher mm-hmm. was a nun and so she was just like what? extra like she was an ex-nun she was an oh. ex-nun she'd left the nunnery the nun service she was an ex-nun she was like extra like you know ooh. and she <laughs> tried to fast forward through that part <laughs> But she didn't know. So for those of you not who don't remember the days of VHS, like when you fast forward through something on a VHS, if you don't want it to like still show up on the screen, you have to like stop, then fast forward, then play. If you like just start fast forwarding, it'll just be everything really fast. So that's what it does. She she just like fast forwarded, <laughs> but it was just it was just naked Romeo, like really really fast. See, that's funny because I was just like, I remember my teacher being like, yeah, and there's going to be like a scene of like Romeo being like really hot or something. (laughs) (laughs) We had a really different experience. (laughs) But she was literally trying to like cover this, like put her hands. She was like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Like flailing with the remote. And we're all like, you know, 14 years old, like cracking up. Why was she an ex-nun then? I feel like, yeah. I don't, she was an ex nun. That's all. That was, here's my thing. I say that. I never got any confirmation about that, but that was like the prevailing rumor about her. <laughs> so Bella's like, Romeo was one of my favorite fictional characters. Until I met Edward, I'd sort of had a thing for him. Like, wh- what is there to have a thing for? I just, whatever. Romeo's a um, 16 year old dweeb. That's the whole point of the yeah. show. Is that they're yeah. children? <laughs> <laughs> and so they're watching it. Bella, like, is crying. And, Ro- and Edward's like, oh, like, I don't know. Romeo's pretty dumb, but like I am kind of jealous of him. And Bella's like, "Oh yeah, Juliet is pretty hot. <laughs> I can see why you'd be jealous." And he's like, "No." In like classic melodramatic Edward fashion, he's like, "I'm jealous of how easy it would be for him to kill himself." Like I had to think about that once, and I knew from Carlisle's experience it would be easy. <laughs> oh my God, I'm like, and he just casually drops this into conversation. I know. Like, it's like there's no there's, preamble to this. No, and Bella's like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "Yeah, like last year when you were gonna die, like I was trying to save you, but half of my brain was also thinking, like, how do I kill myself?" He's like, "I was gonna go to the Volturi," and Bella's like, "What is a Volturi?" <laughs> like, no, she already knows what they are. She does, but I don't Carlisle think she, like, she told I know, her. I know she knows, but like, she doesn't recognize it in the moment. Like, oh, she definitely says, "What is a Volturi?" Uh, <laughs> and you know, we know who the Volturi are. They're like the the Italian royalty vampires um, who are like super powerful. Yeah, so we basically get that like Edward would kill himself if Bella ever died, and Bella's like, "Don't fucking do that." And he was like, "What if the situations were reversed?" And Bella's like, "It's not the same thing." Like. He didn't seem to understand the difference. I'm like, what is the difference, Bella? Like, I don't. I don't listen. They get to like basically a debate over which one of them would be faster to commit suicide <laughs> if the other one died. Like, they literally sit there and they're like, "No, I would die faster." No, I would like. And I'm just like, you guys are so weird. You're so weird. <laughs> but yeah, the way that you get the Volturi to kill you is you go to their like city and you like provoke them. 
or like or you can just ask them nicely to kill you but sometimes they say no so then well, i don't know if anyone's ever because alice is at the end is like i don't know if they've ever had a suicidal vamp they don't get a lot of suicidal vampires but i guarantee it's one of those things like with renesmee where they're like no this has never happened before in the history of vampires in the history of the world like we're the first ones but i guarantee it's like every other week they have like, fucking, like yeah i just feel like like <laughs> vampires are immortal i just feel like after 500 years i'd be yeah. like oh i'm outie like this sucks like because as like normal vampires like you don't really get to have friends you don't get to have family like you got to be constantly like yeah live like it just seems like it would suck even the cullens existence just seems like, like it after would suck. the civil tory have been around for 3,000 years like after that like i feel like been there done that for like almost everything like you're not the first i don't know yeah um so charlie comes home and brings a pizza for bella's birthday and he's like hey kids i thought you'd like a break from cooking and washing dishes for your birthday so like charlie doesn't even do the fucking dishes like i don't know bella does everything <laughs> Charlie is not – I don't know. He's like a good dad but also a terrible dad. Yeah. He's he's really like low standards. Yeah. Low and standards for Charlie. Edward's like, oh, is it okay? Bella comes over tonight. And Charlie's like, that's okay. Like the Mariners are playing the Sox anyway, so I won't be any kind of company. So even Bella was going to be there. Like he wasn't even going to – He was still going to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Bella gets a camera and a scrapbook from Brene and Charlie. They, they coordinated presents. And Edward is once again, like, whining about how he can't get Bella a birthday present. And Bella's like, he's like, what What would you like for your birthday? Like, please, like, what would you like? And she's like, you know what I want <laughs> to turn her into a vampire. And Edward is like, no, no, God. Which is like, Bella. Which, good yeah. thing she didn't make him promise because, like, they're both, like, really <laughs> weird about giving all their prom- <laughs> arbitrary promises. Well, I think it's so funny how, like, Bella, she always has something that she's, like, I wouldn't say nagging, but like reasonably – she always has some like reasonable request that Edward is treating as if it's like insane and like ridiculous. <laughs> like first it's wanting to be a vampire. Then once she secures that bag, she moves on to like having sex and he's like, no, God forbid. Like never. <laughs> Outside of the marriage bed? Yeah. No. <laughs> How could you, Bella? How could you take my virtual? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're not even French kissing at this point. Like at the beginning, no. they kiss, and Bella's still like having to remember to breathe, and it's still just like closed mouth, like pressed against each other for like mm-hmm. you know however long until Bella passes <laughs> out, and then like you're done for the day. So they go over to the Collins house. Everyone's there. Rosalie, even Rosalie and Emmett, who had been who had like left for a while, and Bella's like feeling guilty about like quote unquote driving them out of their home because like I guess. She thinks the reason they left is because Rosalie, like, hates her, which she does. Maybe they just wanted to fuck in peace, Bella. Right. Just because you and Edward are chaste. So Bella's like, I feel guilty about Rosalie not being there, but I also furtively enjoyed not having to see her. Just like, oh, my God. The amount of Rosalie slander. Honestly, I would probably feel the same way, but. Stephanie Meyer hates, hates Rosalie. Rosalie. <laughs> like, and frankly, so do the movie people. So, like, the movie, I think I think I talked about this last time when they made, they, like, created, like, the Cullen crest and they make, like, each of the Cullens wear a different, like, like a ring or, like, a bracelet or, like, something else super ugly, like, that has the Cullen crest on it and Rosalie's is the ugliest of all it is this giant like medallion necklace that like takes up half her fucking chest and then in this movie poor Nikki Reed has like you thought movie one's wig was bad no no <laughs> poor Nikki we- Reed has been forced into another more horrible blonde wig yep. like Rosalie just gets such a shit end of the deal 
Yeah, all around. Like it's just yeah. We'll Nobody get into likes that. Rules. We'll get into that. We read. Don't worry. We read the excerpts, Stephanie Meyer's um, like extras for this book, and also deleted scenes. But there's quite a lot of bonus content. So they get to the birthday party. All's well. They have some cake, and then she goes to open her present, and it's an envelope, and she gets a paper cut, which would and, be fine. Do you know what I wrote <laughs> in my notes for this? I wrote. Wait. <laughs> my notes i wrote in all caps paper cut and then i wrote jasper colon yummy yummy (laughs) (laughs) but it's more just like yummy yummy (laughs) yeah so jasper and the actor who plays jasper just really mastered like the feral look like he just is so like truly like Mm -hmm. an animal in the movie like perfect acting flawless no notes she looks up into the eyes of eight suddenly voracious no i wrote it down i wrote the quote down don't try to quote it if you're not going to write the quote down she said as i stared up into the eyes of six suddenly ravenous vampires end of chapter and i'm like wow stephanie really like out the gate like what a great way to end this chapter well (laughs) done (laughs) you really nailed it there (laughs) yeah so um yeah so there's, there's a fight. They got to stop Jasper Edward from eating her. her into a glass wall. <laughs> um, and so she starts bleeding even more. There's like a tower of like like wine glasses or something. Like that's what she gets eaten yeah, like, They got like 17 like, wine glasses just for Bella. Like, like why do these vampires have a tower of like champagne glasses? Like I don't understand. Like do they have like r- wine nights that are just like different? Oh, like here's like a cougar's blood. It has an undertone of honey and raspberry. That would and, like, make too much sense. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, do you think there are vampire like wineries, like tastings? Like here's a mat. Here's a vegetarian like her. Person. Like they have a different flavor to their blood than a Here's carnivore Someone on the person. paleo diet. Yeah. <laughs> Here's someone who has recently completed Whole Thirty. <laughs> There's a slight tang to their blood that you wouldn't get. In <laughs> Here's the guy who just did the McDon the Big Mac challenge. <laughs> I feel like that would somehow be like the the high the most prized. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody create this business opportunity. Vampires exist. <laughs> yep. Um, take it for free. This is a business so, <laughs> so Carlisle has to like stitch Bella up and they have this like long conversation about like how Carlisle found Edward and like allegedly Edward's mom, even though she was like literally delusional with fever, like still told Carlisle to like change Edward or whatever. Yeah. So he got consent. Just, Not really. Where's but- the proof? Like, allegedly, you got parental consent, but, like, who can verify this? Did you get it in writing? Yeah. And then we get this whole thing about Carlisle. I forget how this starts, but, like, Carlisle's, like, do vampires have souls? Like, do we go to heaven? And so Carlisle, I guess, is the only one who thinks there's even, like, a possibility of vampire heaven. But he even he thinks that the probability is, like, very, very low. And all the rest of the family, like, thinks there is no vampire heaven. Because he's just like, it's a long shot. I'm hoping, like, maybe foolishly, like, we'll get credit for trying. But, yeah. like, he does think they, they don't have souls. Right. He says they're probably damn souls. Like, Edward doesn't come up with this out of nowhere. Like, it definitely is. I mean, even – I feel like Carlisle, like, yeah, he says there might be a chance. But, like, even he's, like right. – Like, where would they have even gotten the idea of, like, we're he's a, Yeah, okay. So, Edward's whole thing is that he thinks vampires don't have souls and so they're automatically going to hell. And that's the reason that he's so against turning Bella into a vampire because he's, like, I don't want to send Bella to, like, hell or, like, mm-hmm. whatever, like, vampires go to. And – 
And yeah, Carlisle's acting like Edward Eddie Boy like came up with this by himself. And I'm like, no, sir. You fully indoctrinated this child. Right. Who I would also like to say, based on the parental consent thing, like, Carlisle only changed Edward because he was hot. I just want to oh, yeah. say that this is made very clear in the book. He gets the quote-unquote parental consent. And he looks at Edward and he's like, oh, but he was so – he had such a pleasant face for a 17-year-old. Oh, he was so pretty even though he was, like, delusional with fever. <laughs> oh, it would be a shame to waste such a hot little boy. Yeah. And, like, that's literally – I was, like, pretty privileged. <laughs> Can I just say, yeah, this is just going to be, like, you know – reinforced throughout this book but this is such like cult leader thinking on edward's part like he's literally like you need to go to heaven it would be better for you to die and go to heaven than become Mm -hmm. a vampire with me which is like literally the exact kind of thinking that gets like parents to put like cyanide laced kool-aid in their children's cups. like i'm really surprised that edward doesn't like kill her at the end of this book when when she like gets you know promise to turn and it's like here's the thing because that's the thing is edward never really stops believing that like vampires don't have souls. Like that's right. not not never really something that we see him like reverse his opinion on. So like why the fuck does he ever change his mind? No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like yeah. is it just because Bella like finally gets another vampire to agree to turn her if like Edward doesn't have the balls to do it? Right. Why and does like, he ever change his mind? Yeah, why doesn't he just let her it? die in Breaking Dawn? Like that would be the logical conclusion of his like religious extremist, like radical thinking. He's insane. And let me just I don't know if this is a good place to mention this, but Vampirism is very much like Mormonism in that apparently I, I learned this from TikTok. I'm sorry if you're Mormon, this is incorrect. I learned this from like an ex-Mormon person on TikTok. But apparently, like part of the Mormon belief system is that you only have to follow like all these strict rules if you're Mormon. Like once you become Mormon. For people who aren't Mormon, they get another chance after they die to like go to heaven. You know, they don't may not get to like the highest level of heaven, but they can still like make amends once they die. So basically, like if you actually truly believe in Mormonism, recruiting people to be mormons is like it's such a like it's kind of fucked it's up it's shit thing to do because you're basically just like forcing them into this life of like following all these rules so it's kind of like vampirism in that like they're forcing them into like having to follow and think that they're shit and think that they're like terrible people and like all these rules that they're damned versus like uh-uh. yeah i mean it's it's the whole thing like carlisle is is joseph smith or whatever the fuck the founder of mormonism guy like yeah no ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> the Mormonism is strong in this series. God, yeah. Bella's like, but it's my choice. And Carlisle's like, it's his choice too. Like, whether he's responsible for doing that to you. But I'm like, it literally is Bella's choice. But also, like, none of the Cullens have any, like, loyalty to Bella apart from Edward. Like, she will never have their true loyalty. You know what I mean? Like, no. it's always, like, I don't know. Well, she'll have more of Alice's loyalty than Rosalie I, would. Yeah, <laughs> but. When she's oh, Sure, then Rosalie would, but not than Edward would. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, I mean, but, you know, he's, like, the actual member of their family. Where I know, but I'm just saying, like, Bella is always, like, oh, I just want to join this family. Like, I – this is the most important thing. But I feel like Bella will never get to the same level as, like, the, I don't well, know. Edward's Maybe she the original. Would. He's the original, like, recruit to the cult of So Colin. shouldn't Rosalie have more than Emmett? No, because Rosalie's a bitch. She hasn't she's, figured out how – She's not. No, but, like, in-universe, everyone yeah. thinks she is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Edward's a bitch too in universe. No, I know he's such a little bitch. I literally the number of times I when I make a note about something that Edward did, and I started out with this bitch does blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> like I literally call him this bitch almost every time. Like, so so I use this the phrase this bitch whiny. far more than I use the name Edward. 
<laughs> I use like Eddie, but like spelled a different way every time. Like E D I. Yeah, Eddie Boy is also a common. Yeah, it's just however my phone auto corrects it. Yeah. So while while I just also want to point out while Carlisle is like stitching her up, like she's specifically like, oh, I have to breathe through my mouth and just like not look at like the stitches so I don't like pass out slash vomit and i'm sitting here like okay first of all the whole like breathing through your mouth thing so you can't smell things like i don't know who fucking started that propaganda but it's like maybe it decreases it no it's 100% okay true well for me. it's not true to, for me and first i don't think it would be true for bella either because if she like has a sensitive enough nose that she can smell blood like i can get like because your nose and your mouth like if you plug your nose you can't taste things right because it's so interconnected that's not true for me Okay, anyway, my point being, like, breathing through your mouth, like, dims it a little bit, but it definitely does not get rid of it. And I'm like, okay, so first of all, bullshit that she – I'm calling bullshit that she can't smell her own blood. Second of all, she literally passed out in the first book (laughs) from a fucking paper cut on the other side of the room. And she now has a gaping wound in her arm. And all she's got to do is, like, look the other way like she's getting a fucking shot and, like – and and she's not going to faint. Be consistent here, Stephanie. <laughs> is Bella fainting at the sight of blood or at the smell of blood or not? But I did Which write down – because remember before we were saying like it never comes back. But like it does at least come back a little bit. Like not really. But, like, yeah, but not to the extent. Mentioned. Like it's yeah. this big thing in Twilight. And then yeah. even, even at the end of Twilight, like it's not – like when she's like on the ground, she's like, oh, I smelled blood. But like yeah. I stayed awake. Yeah, <laughs> you know, God, yeah. So, but she's also being treated to Carlisle's like riveting reenactment of like the Bella of the uh, Edward's mom. Which can I just say, the way it's written, it literally is so weird. It's like he's dramatically acting it out. Like he's he, like the quotes are like, "Save him," she said in the hoarse voice that was all her throat could manage. The fever was so high, she probably couldn't yeah. even tell. Like, can you imagine telling someone a story in that like way? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he yeah, had like. Yeah, but no, my thing was like he's telling this like objectively exciting story, but like I would be like bored out of my mind if someone were like monologuing. (laughs) I don't know. He just like somehow makes this objectively exciting story just sound super boring. (laughs) So yeah, Eddie Boy Boy is now sulking. He's sulk, sulk, sulk because he's like, oh my God, I almost killed Bella and it was all my fault. What the fuck? And they get in a a fight in the car ride home and they're basically like Edward is basically like this would never happen if you were dating someone like mike newton and bella is like i would rather die than be with mike newton and i'm like damn girl he's not that bad i'd rather die than be with anyone but you like and he's oh and edward's like don't be melodramatic bella it's just like that's a bit rich coming from you eddie melodramatic well okay so here's the thing (laughs) one of the things that we learn i think this is a good play one of the things that we learn from the eddie boy bonus content not from like the Eddie boy's perspective, but like from some bonus content that Stephanie Meyer like writes about him and about new moon is that Edward spoiler for the next chapter. Edward's about to dip because he's being angsty. But the reason that he does is because he does not believe like fundamentally that like Bella is capable of loving him in the same way that like he loves her. Like he thinks like, because she's human, like there's just like no way that like, she can like reach his like depth and so she thinks that it'll be like so easy for her to like get over him and like move on with her life where did we learn that in the stephanie meyer like on stephanie meyer's website she has like she writes like an essay about it or something it's not in like the bonus pdfs it's like in the like on her website so he genuinely just does not because his whole thing is like he spent 100 years 
you know, watching humans and like seeing them break up and stuff. But like his vampire family has soulmates. So he's like, humans are just not capable of this kind of love. Which is just such like, fuck you, Edward. You don't think (laughs) that your partner. Yeah, I just don't understand. Fuck you. No, he's such a piece of shit. And like, oh, yeah, this is what I was going to say is like Alice, like I just like don't have any desire like I Alice does not deserve to be like exculpated from any of this blame because she's like allegedly Bella's best friend but it's it's imminently obvious that Alice is Edward's best friend like she has no loyalty to Bella oh yeah but when when Bella is leaving the Cullen's house she asks Alice like how bad is it and Alice is like I'm not sure yet but like Edward comes back in and his face is already set like he's definitely already made up his mind like Alice even at that point like already knows also like both Alice and Edward have seen through Alice's visions like exactly how bad it's going to be for Bella yet they both have the audacity to like act shocked like Alice at the end she's like oh my gosh like I couldn't I didn't think it'd be like this like bitch you're not exactly like like this like they're so fucking like well I just don't understand it's based on nothing it's like you literally saw the exact opposite I don't know it's so dumb okay so Edward spends the next like two days being a moody little bitch and wallowing Alice is gone the next day at school and Bella's like Where's Alice? Yeah, let's go. And, and he's like, like, oh, she's she went away back. with Jasper. Like, yeah, like Jasper feels bad, so they left. And Bella, an empath, is sensing that change is around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, because Edward, Edward kisses her like really ferociously, not mm-hmm. with tongue, but like extra hard pressing of the mm-hmm. lips together. And she's like, this is just like when he kissed me. In the last book, when like we had to briefly separate when we were running away from James. And well, they didn't know if they were going to see each other again. But yeah. Yeah. But but I'm saying like, like Edward kisses her like that as if he hasn't been planning to leave her since the last book, as if there was a moment of their whole soft summer when he wasn't like, yes, I will be breaking up with Bella one day in the near future. It's like one of those things. I'm like, why did you make it like that, Stephanie? Like, that just makes it, it's already bad. And that just makes it so much unnecessarily, like, 10 times worse. Like, why? For what? So, Bella gets um, the pictures that she, so she got the camera for her birthday and she gets the pictures developed um, mm-hmm. from like her birthday party and everything. And I just like, oh, man, I miss the days when you could just like roll up to Kmart <laughs> and like get your film developed in like three hours. Like, that was, we didn't know how fucking good we had it. Like, I understand that we have like smartphones now and like all of that. But like, if I want to get my fucking film developed from just like a fucking disposable camera, oh, yeah. like, I got to wait like, like 14 to 20 business days you know like it's so annoying (laughs) like you could just roll into cvs and like within a few hours like it's done and that's what bella does i was like oh that was a good life but then she's like oh i'm gonna mail these pictures to my mom because she got copies she's like wait edward i'll meet you edward's like let's go for a walk and she's like okay i'll meet you at the driveway i need to mail these pictures and he's like i'll do it and we we learn later that he steals all of the shit that like he gave her Some and like all shit. the pictures. He takes the pictures out of the scrapbook. So you know this bitch Edward stole the picture she was gonna send to her mom. And like, I don't give a shit about Renee, but like what the fuck, Edward? I know. <laughs> She's trying to send a nice present well, maybe, to her mom. Maybe he just took out the ones with him and them and sent the rest, you know, because she does have a bunch of like her friends at school. No, I just feel like he I know the whole it's so fun. So okay, they get home. He's like, "Come for a walk," but the walk is like five seconds into the woods. But still, <laughs> like, why a walk at all? Like, why go into the woods? Because Bella's about to get lost in the woods to the point where she collapses and has to be rescued by the werewolves. And like, did Alice <laughs> not see this? Like, did you not know what no. would happen? Like, I and the fact that that becomes her recurring nightmare, I feel like makes it ten times worse. 
You know, like that's yeah. her nightmare is wandering in the woods. But I guess it could have just been something. She else. already had been having that dream though of wandering but it was in the different. woods. That's like Bella's go-to dream, even but not before, like, like just from Twilight, aimlessly wandering. Like I don't know. I guess yeah. the, it could, she could have just had like a different one. But anyway, he takes her out five minutes in the woods, and he's like, "We're leaving," and she's like, "Oh, okay. Like, fine, let's go. Like, I'm totally ready. Let's ditch Charlie. Like, fuck him." And well, no, like, she feels a little bit. She's like, oh, I didn't know it was going to come this soon. Yeah, but like, yeah. And she's been suspecting this the whole time. Mm-hmm. She's been suspecting that the Collins are going to leave, but not – she's like – well, she's like, obviously, I'm going to come with them. So she's been like mentally preparing herself mm-hmm. to like have to leave the whole time. But then she's like, I'm coming in the movie. And Edward is like, <laughs> I don't want you to come. And I'm like, you got that right, Eddie boy. <laughs> like, definitely. <laughs> I bet – you don't even go down on her when she's a fucking vampire. Like, he's already lining up his next thing to like withhold from Bella for no yeah. reason. For sure. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he's like, we're leaving. Um, and Bella Bella's like, what do you mean? Like, like, why can't I come with you? Like, I want to be with you. He's like, I'm not good for you. And then he's like, No, it's just because I don't want you. I'm bored with you. Like, I'm following my distractions or whatever. And she's just immediately like, Oh, well, that makes sense because like obviously you wouldn't like care about me and like obviously well he's like he's like human memories are like sieves so like you'll forget about me quickly and at that moment i was just like i really want bella to just like roll her eyes and be like fuck off edward (laughs) like go fuck yourself like what a dick thing to say but you it's worse because you know that that's what he genuinely believes like he genuinely believes that she's just not like doesn't have the brain capacity to like love him in the same way he also has the gall he's breaking up with her and he has the gall to ask her for a favor oh my fucking god oh it's back to the stupid promises he's like do me a favor um take care of yourself but you know not for me definitely not for me for charlie like not not for me. I don't give a shit whether you live or die. But like definitely, you know, for your dad. Do and me then, a favor. While and then I'm his you. and then his like his like promise in return isn't something that Bella gets to ask. It's just like I promise that this is the last you'll ever see of me. Like it'll be as if I never existed. That's not a fucking reciprocal promise. She didn't ask for that. Like it's 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 the convoluted promises. It's the convoluted promises that make no sense that for some reason Bella always feels compelled oh to keep. Stephanie has been building up to this the whole time for a book and a half. She's been building up to this convoluted promise. I just remember being so confused reading this because Bella's like, well, if he's not going to keep his promise, then I don't have to keep mine. And I was like, wait a second. You didn't even like get him to promise anything. He just like threw (laughs) that. Like You're being played in every possible meaning of the word, girl. Like (laughs) He is playing you like a goddamn film. And then he leaves. He like runs away. He's like goodbye. Kisses. He gives a little forehead kiss, little mm-hmm. ch- little last chased kiss. And then he runs away. And then he doesn't. For some reason, he's like, yeah, there's no way that she'll try to follow me. Like, despite the and fact I'm that like, Alice like we got another this. this bitch reference where I'm like, does this bitch want her to get lost in the he woods? Doesn't like- understand her at all. That's what it is. He just has yeah. doesn't understand her at all because he doesn't understand people. He just has his like brain power, like you know, mind reading power. Yes. And so yeah. like he just thinks he knows everything. Everything. And we get from Rosalie's perspective later on that Edward like has to know everything at all times and gets so mad when he doesn't. Like he but, does like, a temper tantrum. Like it's yeah. a good way to describe as a temper tantrum. Yeah, but he actually like, like doesn't check out. Yeah. Checks out. Oh, we we and now, now we get we get the title super early in this in this book. You have to wait a little bit to get Twilight mentioned in Twilight, but immediately tonight, the night that Edward dumps her 
it's a it's a new moon baby it's mm-hmm. a new moon the imagery is coming in early there we go which if you're unaware I, not to like talk down to anyone but personally i have to think I mean, about I, this every single time really had to explain to me a new moon the <laughs> so full moon is like the big full moon a new moon means that there's no moon so it's it's a tricky naming yeah. convention there <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway so bella runs after him naturally trips in the woods and at this point you're like is this what the prologue was foreshadowing for <laughs> i've never had that thought but i see it okay <laughs> um but yeah she falls and then she's like oh my god i can't get up i'm just gonna lay on the ground Help. and i related a lot to that yeah. <laughs> i related a lot to just falling and being like mm, it's not worth it yeah it's not rain. she's just laying there and then suddenly she hears voices but like she doesn't respond and like hours later she hears some snuffling and then suddenly there's a very large shirtless man scooping her up and carrying her home yeah and she's like in her mind she's like i feel like i should be upset that this random stranger is like carrying me through the woods, <laughs> but I just I cannot find the energy to be upset about this. And what I want to know, so this is Sam Yuli, who's the the pack of the werewolf tribe that we'll later meet. How does he have pants? They tie it around. That's true. Their I legs. guess he's like in control enough to do that. Yeah. Um, okay, so he carries her home. Charlie's there, like the whole search party. Like Bella's, Bella is like at this point, like shut down. Like she has not even like processed like what's happening. And so like the doctor checks her out. Like everything's okay. She like goes to sleep on the couch, and then she gets woken up because Charlie gets a phone call. And the phone call is like there are some fires out on the cliffs in the re- in the Quillyut Reservation. So Bill- Charlie like calls Billy, and Billy's like, oh yeah, they're just celebrating the news. You know, the news that the vampires have left town. So we find out that the story is that Carlisle just got a new job in L.A. from like a really big hospital and had to make like a snap decision. And that's why they le- they left. Charlie obviously is pissed that like they're celebrating the Cullens being gone. But I'm like, are they celebrating the vampires being gone or are they celebrating that they can now have access to medical care? Like they're like, oh, oh my god, my we can go to the hospital <laughs> because I know because we've been saying this and people were fighting with us on TikTok about this, but it's hundred percent true. And we get confirmation in Jacob Black's POV on this the extras because we find out that we have like a, a confirmed example of someone with a very serious injury that has to get treated by a single nurse who happens to live on the reservation because they can't go to the hospital because there's vampires there. Like yeah emily yeah anyway so so this yeah. so charlie talking about them celebrating the, the news like gets bella to like re, like sort of process that edward is gone and that's when she goes like completely catatonic and we get the most brilliant i'm not being sarcastic here we're getting the we now get the most brilliant literary example of depression that i've ever read in my 25 and a half years it's just guys and like only stephanie meyer would be able to get away with this because it's just so insane like no other author could ever do this where it's just it ends bella's like catatonic on the couch and then it just it's just several pages and the only words are october november december january and then the next chapter is called waking up and it's on like blank pages yeah on blank pages it's It's incredible so incredible and quite frankly as someone with depression sometimes what depression really does feel like it's great in movie form too it's just bella sitting in front of the in front of the window and then the camera like slowly pans around and, sh- and shows like the changing seasons the only thing that it's not great in is audiobook form unfortunately i cannot confirm yeah because you don't get the full especially when you the listen to the it fast pages. Yeah. You don't. the, blank, the pages. blank but yeah the oh the movie and like one of the so the new moon soundtrack we talked about how the twilight soundtracks have like 
some of the best movie soundtracks of all time but the new moon soundtrack is like i i argue the best movie soundtrack of all time like it's truly flawless and the song what are of any movie or of the twilight movies i'm saying any movie i would say it's up there with movies with words but 2005 pride and prejudice i don't know I don't know because we have so this song the song that plays when we spinning around Kristen Stewart and it's like showing the seasons changing and it's it's possibility by I don't know who it's fucking Likely. by but okay and and it's just like f- perfect song choice just like flawless and it's just ugh, it's like so bold so brash like the balls on <laughs> Stephanie Meyer like to, to do this and for the movie for being like yeah we're gonna fucking roll with that like excellent yeah so now bella has woken up and she's like she wakes up with charlie being like you're going to florida you're being a zombie and bella's like oh i thought i'd been doing really well i i go went to work and i had really good grades i only very rarely served leftovers and i'm like oh my god even catatonic she has to cook for him well what i don't understand is like at the end of this book charlie's gonna like threaten bella's gonna be like you can ground me i'll do all the chores for a month if you want me to like how is that any different bella cleans she she cooks she does the he doesn't even do the fucking dishes like she already does everything she's scrubbing the tub at one point in this book like up to her elbows and comet, which I don't think is even physically possible. No, she <laughs> she's like, oh, the like the rooms have been like the bathroom has so much neglect because I haven't been cleaning it while I've been hanging out with Jacob. And I'm like, Charlie didn't clean the bathroom once. I know. <laughs> There's like, a grown I, man in this house. Insane. <sighs> but Charlie, Charlie does, he's like, you need to do something. And I do like that he suggests that she like goes to therapy. And then also tries to like empathize with her with her own ex- his own experience because he's like when your mom left me and like took you like that was like one of the most horrible times in my life but like you know I had to get through it so like you can get through it too and I was like wow great for Charlie and then Bella is like I don't want to go to no shrink yeah and I'm like, oh, like okay we're back in 2006 she's great. like I don't be- I don't know much about psychoanalysis but I think it only works if you're honest and I'm like you know what Stephanie. I believe you that you don't know much about it because you're using yeah. words like shrink and psychoanalysis to yeah. like describe run of the mill therapy. <laughs> like, so Bella's like, oh, fine, like I'll go hang out with some of my bitch ass friends, like whatever. <laughs> and but she's all, she's like, I'm really good at like calculus and math now. I've been really good at school because like I'm trying to like keep myself busy, and it's better to focus on math than to focus on all the exhausting romances that made up much of the English curriculum. And I'm like, where? What high school did you go to, Bella? Because, like, the only fucking romance I read in all of high school was Jane Eyre. And that one sucks. I I fucking hate Jane Eyre. Yeah, we're talking (laughs) about that. Like, I didn't even have to read Pride and Prejudice for, like, school. No. There's not a single. But, again, Stephanie Meyer considers Romeo and Juliet a romance. So but you got that. You're including Romeo and Juliet. What other book? What? I didn't read anything else that was a romance. No. What are you including the great Gatsby? Like, yeah, like I don't, yeah, I don't understand. And we already know that they already read Wuthering Heights last year. Like, even if she's somehow counting that, I don't understand. Like, where and how do I go there? Like, I want to go to that high school that reads. (laughs) She asks Jessica, she's like, want to have a girls' night? And Jessica's like shocked, obviously, because I guess Jessica, like, I mean, all her friends kind of gave up on her once she stopped. Like, well, she's like, Jessica has been sulking. Because of my antisocial behavior. And I'm like, it's not sulking when you I cut know. off your friends with no warning. Like, I yeah. understand that you're depressed. 
Bella. And I do have empathy right. for you. But like when you literally just stop talking to people and like they have a right to be upset. Right. <laughs> right exactly. Like it's yeah. It's not sulking. I know. And she like roasts childish. Jessica so much. Like she's about to treat Jessica like shit on this like movie date. And then have the balls to like two days later be like, oh, I can't – I don't understand why Jessica is still so mad. Like what does she expect? A formal written apology? I'm like maybe not a formal written apology but just an apology period might have been nice. Just any apology. Right. Any apology. I would be able to empathize with Bella not having the energy to like hang out with people and like maintain friendships a lot more if she like hadn't been such a bitch to her human friends like – Right. Even when Edward was there, mm-hmm. I was like, you treated them like shit before. Like, frankly, I'm surprised that, like, they were friends with you even, like, before you, like, cut them out. Like, right. I- <laughs> so they go to a zombie movie and because Bella's like, I can't watch a romantic comedy. That's horrible. This mo- this book has a lot of movie watching in it. And Bella's ability to, like, sit through movies without picking up even a teensy bit of the plot, top notch. Flawless. She only when she, the only one she like tunes into is Romeo and Juliet. I guess you know pre post depression could be more of it, but like she's just like I'm just watching the moving figures on the screen. I'm at the talkies. <laughs> <laughs> so they come out of the theater and they're like walking out and they're gonna go get a bite to eat. And in the movie, like Jessica is just like going on this like <laughs> this fully improvised. I want to say Anna Kendrick fully improvises <laughs> this like monologue about like the movie, and then she's like she's like. My cousin has leprosy. Like, it's not funny. And then she's like talking about Bella. She's like, I know that you've been depressed, but like, but I'm going through stuff too. And like, she just totally, and she's like, what are the zombies supposed to be like a critique of like capitalism and like, a fe- like, and it's just like all this. I was like, this is incredible. But like, the leprosy comment made me think that like maybe the real reason Bella doesn't like Jessica actually and it's always judging her is because Jessica doesn't laugh at her like, Physical, her albino you know, medical jokes. condition, medical condition based humor, like the albino jokes and like the leprosy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> My cousin had leprosy. It's not funny. <laughs> so they're walking down the street and they pass a bar called One Eye Pete's, both in the book and in the movie, yeah. because of some possible vague pirate theme inside. And Bella sees some guys. <laughs> and they remind her of the murder rapist that she met in Port Angeles last year who Edward like rescued her from and she hears Edward's voice yeah Edward's voice is like she she starts this is her first hallucination Edward is like stop it don't she, she starts walking towards them and he's like stop it like don't or whatever and then she keeps going towards them and then eventually like turns around in the movie she goes on like a whole like motorcycle ride but like in the book she's like yeah it's not my former rapist like my former attempted rapist so like i'm gonna go back to Jessica. yeah she's like they're probably nice guys and jessica understandably is like what the fuck what the fuck because right, bella, bella only notices them because jessica is like acting scared of them and like trying to like go a little bit farther away yeah yeah and no bella's like woohoo and then Bella's like ruminating about – she spends the whole car ride back like ruminating about like she's like, why did I do that? Like why did I hear Edward's voice? Like all of this. And she says she's not – she's like, I'm not like suicidal. Like I would never want to like die by suicide. But the reason she says it – she's like, who would be there to like take care of Charlie? And it would like hurt Renee so much. So I'm like, Bella – the only reason Bella is not suicidal is because of parentification. Like are we getting an unexpected, I guess, benefit to parentification? <laughs> like the Bella is alive because she's been forced yeah. to assume like the emotional support for God. her parents? I know. I know. And 
Yeah. And so Jessica's all mad and Bella's just like, I shrugged, wishing she would just let it go. Like Jessica stared out the window. She seemed to be getting angrier rather than getting over it. I'd forgotten her by the time I was inside the house. Yeah. She's like, I wouldn't have thought Jessica could go that long without speaking. Bitch! (laughs) What did Jessica (laughs) ever do to you? I know. She's so judgmental. so mean to her. (laughs) So Bella goes inside to have a horrible night of – nightmares and a giant ragged hole in her chest because of the hallucinations do you think that um the crime rates have increased in forks i mean so we know at this point that there's been some like murders in the woods going on but we don't know what's been causing them but like outside of the murders in the woods do you think the crime rate in forks has like increased over the past like six months because charlie is so sleep deprived (laughs) from bella keeping him awake every night with her screaming that like he just like rolls into work on like five minutes of sleep and he's like Hey, God. <laughs> like, there's only three cops. We get the specific number. There's only three cops in Forks, including Charlie. I was, I thought you were going to say because the Collins won't, weren't there for like Edward to do his vigilanteism, but you know they don't bother saving anyone, but like, no, 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 no. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, God. Do, you, do you think the crime rate in Forks is just skyrocketing? <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> if there even was a crime rate. Yeah, that's true. There's like 200 people in this town. Like, how much crime do you think is going on? Oh, oh, so this is where the timeline starts. So we know that this is Friday, Friday night. She goes to the movies. Saturday, she has work. So she goes to work with Mike and um, she overhears a conversation about like some hikers talking about the bears in the woods and like blah, blah, blah. And that's Saturday, January 17th is when she overhears the first mention of the bears. And one of the hikers is like, black bears don't get that big. And I'm here to tell you that black bears can actually be any color. And grizzlies also do not have to be brown. So remember that. They can be any color ranging from blonde to brown. To black. So the help the helpful um poem that we taught you guys, not that helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for not most of the time. Like Mike is like, Bella, you can go home early. And Bella's like, I don't have anything to do but be a menace on the roads of forks. And she's like driving around and then stops to have a good cry. And she's like thinking about this is when she has the thought about like, like, why am I it makes me feel silly for keeping my promise to like not endanger myself when Edward isn't even keeping his promise that it would be like he never existed. But like you never wanted him to keep that prop uh, anyway. It's convoluted. They're both – they're so – the way that they think. Like, this is it's, just – makes it, no sense. Listen, say what you want about Stephanie Meyer, but she knows her characters, and they <laughs> stay true to, like, their fucking convoluted ways of thinking. The way that they think is bonkers, but they, they always think commit. like that. Yeah. They commit. <laughs> <laughs> so she looks up, and she happens to be right across the street from the Marx's house. How the fuck she knows that, I don't know. She just, whatever. But on their – out by the garbage are two motorcycles and she's like i always promised charlie i would never ride a motorcycle but like why not i'll just start breaking all the promises today <laughs> so she like oh my God. rolls up gets the motorcycles they don't work but she puts them in her truck and she's like hmm be really expensive to get these fixed but like who do i know that i can take advantage of who will fix them for me <laughs> jacob black <laughs> so she rolls up to his house on the cool reservation She's like, hey, Jacob. And Jacob is like, oh, my God, I've been jacking off to you every single night since we met on the beach. And that's not just us ago. saying that. We have Jacob's perspective of this entire like, confirmation time. Confirmation, Jacob Myers has website. been jacking off yes. <laughs> every single night. Because like you pointed out, year. like it's not just Bella and Edward. Like every character in this book just goes like immediately zero to 100 for whoever they're into. Like it's always yeah. just like first sight, immediate commitment. Like Jacob's no different. So Jacob like runs out. He's like really excited to see her. 
And in the movie, he's like, Bella, where the hell have you been, loca? <laughs> God. Like, did, did they have to, like, drug Taylor Lautner to get him to say that with a straight face? <laughs> oh, my God. They have to, like, point a gun at him off camera. <laughs> like, don't laugh. So so Bella's like, hey, do you want to, like, help me fix these up and then you can have one of them, like, and I'll pay for everything. And he's like, okay, sounds great. Like, and he's like, she's like, don't tell our parents. And he's like, no problem. And she's like, oh, this is great. Like, the teenage, teenage boys are, like, so easy to manipulate. Like, amazing. And so then they're, like, working on the bikes together and it's like Jacob is prattling on about his school and his friends, his classes, the progress of his sophomore year of high school. And he sounds like totally normal kid. And I'm just like, poor Jacob. Like, his whole life is about to be ruined. He's about to be drafted forcibly into the werewolf military. Like, it's worse than the military because you're enslaved. Like, you have to obey yeah. the alpha. Like, ugh, this poor – he's such a normal, nice little boy. Like, I don't know. Bring back New Moon Jacob because as soon as Jacob becomes a werewolf, he's just an asshole for the rest of his life. He never gets over this. He's just absolute worst. I'm going to be honest. I think the main reason – I've always been like strictly team Edward, like at the heart of it. You know, I come up with a lot of like window dressing at the heart of it. It's because I'm like, I want, you know, Bella needs to be like an immortal, cool fucking vampire. Like that's like the main <laughs> thing, right? It's like, Jacob, you wouldn't get that. But like everything else, it's like, Ed- like just like the vibes. Like I don't know how to describe it. Like you see it going from like the beginning of this book to here and also at the end when she goes back to Edward. It's like, I feel like Edward, all the interactions with Jacob are in this like sunny sepia tone, like happy, like yellow tone. You know what I mean? Like bright tones. And Edward, it's like, it's like the blue filter they put on Twilight that was perfectly appropriate because that's how it feels to be around Edward. Like it's just like a tense downer. Sure. That's the case for New Moon, Jacob. Yeah, I know. I know. But like it's it's all blue tone after, <laughs> after I know. But Jacob I know. But I'm like, I wonder wearable. if she just like had to do that because she realized she like made him too likable and she's like, I need to do some like character assassination. Yeah, so they're fixing the bikes and Quill and Embry, Jacob's BFFs, come in. And they're just like, I love like the shit-eating grins they have on their faces when they come in. They're like, oh, Bella. Both in the book and the movie, it's just like, they just so perfectly encapsulated like Like teenage like boy. Stephanie Meyer knows teenage boys. Something I never noticed. So they're like talking and Bella's like, yeah, Jacob's going to help me, going to fix up the bikes and then he's going to give me riding lessons. And then it's like, Quill muttered something and Jacob's like, get off my land. And I, I don't know. It just like, took me until this reading to put that together, like riding lessons. <laughs> you know they made some sort of – Yeah, like that's what she said. Uh- <laughs> so they're all chatting and Bella kind of tunes out as is her like modus operandi. So just not listen to other people. Very Ian um, McKenzie information. Very Ian McKenzie. It is, it is very like autistic to, to just be like, oh, I'm not interested in this. I'm just not going to listen. Right. Um, but she's like, I figured I'd have to have a Y chromosome to really understand the excitement when they're talking about cro- like cars. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'd like to smack Bella with a Y chromosome. That's what I'd like to do. Like, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Girls can be into cars, Bella. <laughs> like, stop with this gender essentialist bullshit. God. So so Jacob's like, they're like, okay, tomorrow we can go shopping for parts. Like, we're going to need a lot of parts. And Jacob's like, this could get expensive. I'm talking about more than $100 here. <laughs> and like, God, would that I lived in a world where like $100 was expensive for like car repair. Although actually, I feel like in the 2000s, like $100, yeah. $100 still feels You're like a lot of money to me, actually. You're going to the junkyard, too. And like, a lot of it yeah. is like stuff Jacob knows yeah. how to do. Like car repair parts, I feel like most of the shit for like a basic car is like – labor like that's really what you're paying mm, for yeah most definitely. Of the time. can i just say that it takes jacob less than a week to fix up these motorcycles yeah. <laughs> like yeah 
And uh, less than $100, presumably. But Bella's like, I have my college savings. Like, I have my checkbook. Yeah, she waves her checkbook <laughs> in, the, in the air as if that's like, a, I guess. Like, can someone, can someone who was a teenager in the mid-2000s inform me? Like, was that a normal thing for teenagers to carry around checkbooks? Because well, I really, specifically for that. But like to have a checkbook. Mm. I only got a checkbook when I had to start paying rent with I got a checkbook specifically to start paying rent and we know she doesn't like use it at the grocery store or something because Charlie has his like food money jar like cash jar anyway it's very adventures adventures in babysitting so you know what I know that I know that like we've worked out that like assuming this book is in in the 2000s it's in 2004 we'll get into that later but I still think like this book is 100% written in like the 80s or whenever Stephanie Meyer was in high school like that's when it's mentally set in her head and some things she'll like she has like tried to like age up like having you know dial up internet or whatever Email, yeah but I feel like it's so much like just like the cultural comet cleaning the bathtub with comet I watched two YouTube videos on how to do that to confirm that you couldn't be up to your elbows in it because it's like a bleach based powder <laughs> um, but the first video started out with like comet a pretty old school method but it works so like it definitely is like yeah no yeah. for sure for sure yeah so just picture like like if you haven't seen Adventures of Babysitting see that for the uh, the checkbook references but. Yeah, Bella's like after the first day of hanging uh, hanging out with Jacob, she like comes home and she's like, "Damn, Jacob just like cleared my depression. Like this is wild. Like after literally five, and this is just more of the theme. Like once a Twilight character likes someone, they like it's they're obsessed with them. Like from minute yeah. one, like Bella has spent two hours with this boy. I get it though. Who is like two years younger than her and is a teenage boy, and she is like." I cannot – I literally cannot live without him anymore. <laughs> like, I cannot live with – she's like, Jacob was simply a perpetually happy person. Yeah. And I'm like, not for long. <laughs> Time for him to get upset. This, like, Jacob-Bella friendship, like, how quickly it goes. It's, like, the one, like, Twilight reaction oh. I can, like, fully relate to. Like, I totally – like, I don't know. I get it. Like, that's, yeah. like, the one time that it makes sense. Yeah. Where, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But Bella, so she she really likes her friendship with Jacob. But once again, she's like, she tells Jacob, your friends are a lot more interesting than mine. And I'm like, again? They're not even here. No, but the way she says they're not it. not even here. Why do you have to roast them? Once again, they're not even present. But the way she says it, because he's like, because he says it first. He's like, oh, like, I'm sure it's pretty boring for you to be hanging out with like us instead of your like cool older high school friends. And she's like, no, your friends are more like, I don't know. If it was anyone but Bella Cullen saying it, sorry, but Bella Swan saying it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, if anyone other than Bella were saying it, I would like give them the benefit of the doubt that like they were actually like just making a little joke. But like, no, I think I think this is fully intended to yeah. be just one hundred percent an insult towards her other friends. <laughs> She's so mean to them for so no reason. So they go shopping, and then that night, which is Sunday. Charlie and Leah and Seth Clearwater and their mom Sue all come over to Jacob's Harry. house. Harry and Harry, yeah, yeah, Harry Sola, yeah. <laughs> and they have they have a pasta night, and I would like to say that Billy Black is a ragu mm-hmm. man, which is the only correct choice. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, we are not a prego stands in this no. house. We are a ragu no. only ragu traditional. You, yeah. yes, excellent, literally wonderful pasta. And listen. I know there's going to be some people listening to this who are going to be like, no, no, home my my mm. Italian grandmother's homemade pasta is the best. And let me tell you something, friends. I hate homemade 
red sauce pasta with a fiery passion. It is so sweet. It is, I hate the flavor. It does not compare to ragu. Nothing. Okay, let me, no I, pasta sauce I, I've ever tasted has ever compared to ragu. Can I do this take? Because I feel like this is, this is a touchy subject. Needs to be handled with care. I'm still keeping an open mind. There's probably some Italian grandmother out there who makes like amazing pasta sauce that I would actually like better than like store-bought. I just have not encountered that person. Anytime I've had homemade pasta sauce, it's not that it's too sweet. It just tastes like nothing, okay? And it's similar to homemade brownies. I feel the same way about homemade brownies. Like homemade brownies will only ever be at least like as good as box brownies. Yeah. So why would you bother? Like why go through the effort? Why not just use the yeah. like store-bought one? Like it's – Yeah. No, listen. If someone like has access to a lot of Italian grandmothers and would like to just like take me on a tasting tour <laughs> – I'm totally open to that. Like I'm totally open to going on a pasta tasting tour until that day arrives. Ragu and ragu only. Yeah. Like even in Italy. Again, we've been to Italy. I've been to Italy twice. <laughs> well, who knows that they weren't just ragu, ragu only? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really, we really get the vibes of like just this nice like family get together. Another thing about Leah is that she's described as quote beautiful in an exotic way. Yeah, she's, like, it's so racist. My, like. Stephanie. Stephanie Meyer. And yeah. anyway. It's so racist. It's, oh, my God. <laughs> um, Stephanie. So they, go, <laughs> they go home. Uh, Bella checks her email from her mom. And she realizes that the way it reads is just like – We have the quote. So she gets – she reads an email from Renee and she says, the whole thing read like a journal entry rather than a letter to someone else. And then she's like, some daughter I was – and I'm like, are you sure that Renee's emails haven't always sounded like this? Because right. that seems totally in character for Renee. And f- from the one like ex- like verbatim email that we've read from her if, from the first book, like that was that was the first like sh- it was like, this is what I've been doing. Also, where is my shirt at the dry cleaners? Right. Like it's I was yeah. like, are you, this seems to have always been how Renee does. Yeah. I don't know why you're feeling guilty. <laughs> yeah. Renee's like, oh, we're planning a second honeymoon trip to Disney World. I'm like, what are the chances that Renee ever took Bella anywhere? And we later find no. out this book, they are zero because before this book, Bella has never been farther east than Albuquerque. Direct quote. So like, what the fuck? Yeah. So she goes back to school and Bella decides to reconnect with her friends. So she sits down at the table with them and she's looking at everyone around. Mike and Jessica, in case you were on the edge of your seat, they have in fact broken up at this point. Um, Lauren, random girl that was bitchy to Bella and only exists as a character to be bitchy to Bella, has gotten a pixie cut. And Bella looks at her and is like... Had all the people she was habitually nasty to corner her behind the gym and scalped her. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Bella. She's like, what an odd thing for her to do. When we find out in the Stephanie Meyer bonus content that what happened to Lauren was that she went to a (laughs) mall in Vancouver, I guess. (laughs) And she fell prey to one of those like modeling scams where like a quote unquote recruiter like comes up to you and is like with a haircut and like pictures like you could be a model. And so like she got her haircut (laughs) and like put down and I quote from Stephanie 15 grand to like pay for the pictures. And I'm like 15 does anyone has ever does anyone know anyone who actually paid fifteen thousand dollars for? Uh, um, oh yeah, just like Jessica is still not talking to Bella, and Bella's like, oh, could she still be mad? Like it's, I'm like, Bella, it's, it's been, been two days, two days, like what? Yes, <laughs> they're talking about what they did this weekend, and we find out. So 
Angela, who's like the only friend that Bella actually like is nice to in her head. She's like, oh, well, Ben and I, my boyfriend Ben, who is the the little boy, the boy that Edward got them together, we find out in Midnight Sun because he's like shorter than Angela. So he was like, oh, we can't date. But then Edward was like, I have a crush on Angela to like make him jealous or something. (laughs) Anyway, they were going to go on a picnic, but they saw a bear. And despite the fact that like, like Jessica and Jessica and Lauren's immediate reaction is like, oh, Tyler was going on about that too. They're just like immediately roasting poor Angela. They're like, you are so stupid. Like there are no bears. There definitely are bears in the Pacific Northwest, A. B, like, I don't know. They're just like immediately so mean to her. But then Bella speaks up to back her up and she's like, no, like there were hikers talking about it at the store. Remember, Mike? And everyone just like stares at her like as if the wall is talking. It speaks. Yeah. (laughs) And there's like this one girl. Yeah. Yeah, That's like new to their friend group. And she's like looking at Bella as if she's like grown antlers or something. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck? Yeah. They're walking out and Angela's like, hey, Bella, thanks for backing me up. Um, And Bella's like, no problem. Like, what's the she's like what's the date today and angela is like it's january 19th and bella's like that's so weird it's exactly a year from yesterday that was my actual first day here and they're like nothing's changed much like deja vu whatever but okay this is where this comes in so what i have heard (laughs) commonly is that twilight is set in 2005 allegedly okay because that's That's when when it came came out yeah that's what people say however i'm here to tell you that based on internal consistency and logic that is impossible because the closest year to 2005 that january 19th would have been a monday is 2004 however That still makes no fucking sense because if her first day the year before was January 18th, January 18th, 2003 would have been a Saturday because that's how that works. I know this because like six, seven years ago, my mom and I decided to memorize the first day of the month, like the day of the week of an entire year because by doing that, you can immediately know what any date day of the week is. It's a very good party trick. But the important thing to know is that, for example, if March 1st is a Tuesday in 2022, in 2023, it will be a Wednesday. That's how that works. It gets pushed forward except for leap years, but it gets pushed forward twice. So this doesn't make any fucking sense. This takes place in the 80s. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. This brings us back to our – that still doesn't make any sense because no matter what year it is – no matter what year it is, Allison, if January 19th is a Monday, January 18th will always have been a weekend day. So unless they're following like a no weekends calendar and forks, like I, know, I don't know. I know, Rachel. I'm getting flashbacks to that time that you and mom memorized all those things, which by the way, this is the first time I'm hearing that this is how you did it because you guys were so fucking annoying. You were so like smug about it. You were like, oh, you know how to – quick, quick, ask me what day of the week January 17th, 2012 was. I, I can tell you immediately and I'm not – we're not going to tell you hee hee how you did it. I never told you. No, you guys refused. And I was like, I know that I can easily Google this, but like, I don't give a shit. But like, they're just acting so like (laughs) superior about this, like, really superior party trick. I was a cool party trick. You guys went on about this for weeks. Like ev- you and you would like you would shoehorn it into every conversation possible, like that you could do this, and I would just be sitting there like I do not give a What's fuck. Cooler, knowing all the capitals of every country in the world, or knowing what day of the week any date in history is, because I learned both of those tricks that same year. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it checks out. You were in your like obnoxious face. No, I would still do that. I've, I've like gone back and like refreshed my like ability to do those occasionally. Anyway, okay, okay. We anyway, my obnoxious face. It's always good. But are you kidding? 
I've made, I made $430 off my fun facts ability on TikTok. I may not ever be able to withdraw it, but it was made. <laughs> okay. So that afternoon, Bella rolls on over to the Cullen house because she's trying to replicate her hallucinations again. She's like, maybe it was like the familiar stuff. So like the first time was like with my potential former uh, attempted rapist. And like this time, I'm just going to go to Edward's house. Mm -hmm. And she rolls up to the Cullen house. And so in the deleted scenes, there was like a whole subplot in which Eddie Boy like (laughs) tried to like force Bella to accept like a lucrative scholarship to like colleges. And at one point, he sends it to her in the mail, like just envelopes of cash. And then she just like throws it through the window of Cullen's house. Unfortunately, we don't get that. She just rolls up and she's like, The ferns have already taken over the lawn. Like everything is overgrown. But later in the book, when she goes to the Cullen's house, there is no mention of it being overgrown, which implies that the lawn has been cut. And so my the only way that I can assume this happened so quickly is either A, that Emmett just like ran back and forth really fast with a lawnmower, or B, that Emmett just like helicoptered his arms really fast and like went across the lawn <laughs> to cut the grass. Like I can't like how else did this happen? Or <laughs> a third option that I just thought of, at Emmett like crawls on the ground like a goat and just or chomps just with his vampire teeth. That like our pets they but also food. Them. You think that- Yeah, pets but also food. <laughs> yeah, but where did they get the goats? The goats weren't there when Bella went there. Again, mm. this is like a fast. They do this in the matter of a few hours. Like how <laughs> yeah. how does this happen? Know. How is the lawn cut, Stephanie? <laughs> but can I just say that it's a good thing Esme put her foot down because I guarantee Edward wanted to go the whole hog and he wanted to like bulldoze the fucking house so there would really be no trace. But Esme yes. was like, don't you fucking dare. Like I put my blood, sweat, and tears, <laughs> metaphorical venom into this. <laughs> And let's at least save it for like when we puts back to this town inexplicably to like harass the local quote you drive 60 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> so Bella's like, this is a bad idea. She was like, oh, it's not familiarity. Check that off. Experiment done. And then she comes home and she's like, I found Charlie had ordered a pizza rather than wait for me. He wouldn't let me apologize. Apologize for what? <sighs> apologize for what? That Sunday, the 25th of January. Jacob is like, the bikes are done. So like literally eight days. A week. <laughs> and inclu- two of those days they do homework, we find out. Yes. And like they didn't work the first Saturday. The bikes take less than a week. The timeline's insane. Anyway, the bikes are done. They're going on their little riding lesson. And Bella sees people cliff jumping. And she's mm-hmm. like, immediately assumes that it's suicide like that well, they're like that yeah. this gang of people is like <laughs> is all like consecutively jumping off these cliffs and then she realizes that it's not suicide and she's like oh i gotta do it like yeah I- she's like i've never witnessed anything so reckless in my life perfect <laughs> can i just say in the movies they make it make more sense because they show they're like wrestling and like they they like are fighting and push the one guy off the cliff so it does look like you know they've just some people murdered have just murdered someone. a child like it's it makes yeah. more sense but in the book yeah it's just like she's just like excellent yeah well i also don't know did she notice the group at first like i feel like she just notices one person like falling from a cliff no she notices a group yeah guys so who is this group but sam yuli's gang his werewolf gang we don't know yet 
that they're werewolves, but his werewolf gang. Jacob is like, like, I'm so nervous. Like, there's so like, there's something wrong with them. Like, they're always watching me. Like, they're just waiting for me to join them. Like, they're so fucking annoying. Like, last week, like a few months ago, there was a meth dealer selling meth to the kids, and they ran him off the reservation. How dare they? <laughs> I'm like, Jacob. no, but he's like, they're hall monitors on steroids. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, he's like Embry Quill and I used to make fun of them, and now Quill like got Embry. sick. Mitt or Embry like has avoided everyone, like missed a week of school. And like now he's come back allegedly, except for the fact that we saw Embry a week Doesn't ago. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. When and did he miss Sunday? school? When did he come back to school? I don't know. Whatever. He's now hanging out with Sam's gang and, and Jacob is like, my friend won't talk to me and I'm worried that I'm next. We also learned the other members of Sam's gang are Paul and Jared. And they're like, we learn – I forget when. I think maybe it's at this point when Jacob is telling the story. But we learn that Paul is 16. Okay. So let's assume Jacob just turned 16 according to like his age like in the previous book. So let's assume that Paul it. is like coming up to 17. So like maybe he's a year older than him. But he's still 16 at this point. And in literally like six – less than six months – Paul is going to meet Jacob's adult sister who's like 20 because she's like a sophomore slash junior in college. And he is going to imprint on her, which is vampire fall, which is werewolf fall in love slash enslavement. Enslavement. And I'm like, so he's seven. He's 17, just turned 17 maximum when that happens. Yeah. And this adult woman... <laughs> And it's never, it's never, it, there's no, but that is nowhere near to it. the worst uh, no, imprinting no, no. age gap. There's plenty so. of fucked up. I mean, we should have known, we should have known God. from the start how fucking weird the age gaps were going to be because this book, Stephanie Meyer's like favorite play is Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and Juliet's fucking 13 and Romeo is 16. Like, you shouldn't, like, Stephanie has no qualms with creepy age gaps with teenagers. God. Yeah. Anyway. And when Jacob's like all upset about this, like, Bella's like, I'm like, I'm surprised because I would have thought Jacob was almost impossible to upset. So it's like Jacob is – just keep in mind previous – like right now Jacob is super even-tempered, like not angsty. He's super chill. He's very cute. Bring back – I wish he doesn't stay that way. Um, we also we also get another fucking albino joke because Jacob is like, wow, Bella, you're so pale. <laughs> and he like compares it, like their skin tones and he's like, are you sure you're not albino? Ha ha. And I'm like – Stephanie, <laughs> one wasn't enough. <laughs> it wasn't enough. So Jacob is like, you know, he's, he's like, I'm scared of the gang. And like, I tried to like, you know, talk about my worries with Billy, but Billy like won't tell me what's going on. He's like, it's nothing you need to worry about now. Maybe in a few years, if you don't, well, I'll explain later. What am I supposed to get from that? Is he saying it's some kind of stupid puberty coming of age thing? This is something else. And I'm like, you know what? It literally is a puberty coming of age thing. And this is literally just like Billy pulling a fucking Violet Bridgerton on steroids. Like Violet Bridgerton not telling Daphne about sex is Billy not telling Jacob that he's about to turn into a fucking wolf. Like which is – it's just like – it's so much – it's like so – it makes no sense that they don't tell the kids, first of all, especially the kids who are about to become werewolves. Like but arguably – I would say that the whole pe- the whole tribe has a right to know if they're going to be like living with dangerous wolves. Like I don't know, it's just so fucked. No, because it's implied the wolves are super dangerous because they can like, especially like at the beginning, they can lose their tempers really easily, and exactly. if like they're near someone, like that person exactly. can get potentially killed. Yeah. So like, why like Jacob Billy does almost get killed, and honestly, he would have deserved it because why don't you just tell Jacob and then you could have like prepared for it? You could have like isolated him or something, or like you know mentally prepared him. <laughs> 
Billy, I mean, that's just like, it's literal no, child it's abuse. So like, why up. are you it's not warning them? All of the parents. There is not a single good parent in this entire fucking books. Like, not, not one. I, it's like, it doesn't make any sense because, also because it's not like, oh, you can only know about it if you're a wolf. Because Billy gets to know. And the reason we know that Billy knows is because he saw his grandfather transform. And we don't know how old he was. But, like, obviously at some point, like, Billy's going to – Billy's like, yeah, we've don't worry. We've passed on this, like, vampire fighting knowledge down from father to son through the generations. So at some point, they regardless of whether they actually turned into wolves, they were going to have to tell the kids, like, the next generation. They were going to have to tell them. Like, how long were they going to wait? Like, why are you waiting at this point? Like, they're going to be wolves. Why wait at all? Unless you're going to wait for them to be, like – enslaved the alpha so they can't give away the secret but like you're not enslaved like why are you it's just so far and it's like yeah like quill's mom isn't going to be allowed to know at all and even though he's like living with her and like running away all the time like like you're just endangering everyone and then they get mad at jacob for breaking the treaty last book by telling bella i'm like maybe if you gave him a reason like why would he like i don't understand like just or even just – or or he didn't, they didn't have to show him that the wolves changed. All, all Billy had to say was like, I literally saw my grandfather turn to a fucking wolf. This is real. And so unless – like at that point, unless Jacob thinks his dad is like literally like, you know, hallucinating, like he would believe him. But also because Jacob is on the verge, he has like this werewolf gene in him the whole time and he's like slowly like approaching the time in which he's going to transform the whole time. And apparently – oh, we found out. where Where did we find this out? Oh, we found out that the reason it takes Jacob so long, like Jacob should have arguably transformed earlier than this, but the reason it takes him so long is because he's so happy with Bella. And like they transform when they get really upset and like they, yeah. it sets them off and like that's what like triggers it the first time. Let Jacob be happy. But he also, he, we get from, there's like a, there's like a bonus thing that's, it's not technically from Jacob's perspective. It's like a weird second person, like, yeah. you, like Jacob perspective thing. But we find out that Jacob, can smell vampires the whole time because like when Bella starts dating Edward and Jacob like sees her after that he's like oh she's she's wearing like a perfume and it smells really bad like I don't know why she likes it and like every time he sees her he's like oh she's wearing this like really like weird perfume and Mm -hmm. vampires smell bad to werewolves and like obviously he doesn't smell it now but like yeah (laughs) and that makes me wonder Stephanie (laughs) that makes me wonder I mean I don't think she thought this through really but like what about people who have because it's it's a quote-unquote quote gene like a werewolf gene so what about people who have the quote-unquote werewolf gene but they've like moved away from the reservation so they're not with the rest like what if they just like come across vampires in their lives like are there there could i mean this has been going on for like thousands of years right like so there could plausibly yeah. be like other random like werewolf packs like throughout the world that we just don't know about that are just like or just like singular werewolves <laughs> like on their own like well it is implied – it seems to be implied that it's not just, like, a vampire passes through your area, that it kind of has to be, like, a prolonged contact well, with sure. a vampire, you know? Oh, and it's – the Cullen – nobody really but the Cullens and Tanya's family in Alaska, like, stays in any one place long but, enough. I mean, we're jumping the gun here, but – in, like, the lore that we're going to learn next book, there's at least one situation where, like, the vampire walks into the tribe to, like, avenge her mate and, like, a little kid or something. Like, I don't know. Like, like someone, a teenage like, turns boy, into a But he wolf. just gets so upset. He, like, sees right, his, right. like, papa being killed and he, like, Right. Explodes. So that could, like, happen. I don't know. But sure. But, like, I'm at, like, the circumstances of that happening. Anyway. So so Jacob's upset at this point And Bella's like, if it gets worse, like, you can come live with me. And, like, she hugs him. And she's like, it doesn't feel anything like the last time someone had embraced me. This was friendship. It's like, I hate to break it to you, Bella. It was never friendship for Jacob. That's one of the reasons that I'm so, like – 
like Jacob being a dick and like the whole thing like is like so upsetting for me because it's 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 the classic the the, the universal problem that like every woman faces all of us at one point in our life will have like a guy friend that is only friends with us because they like want to date it. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like that's or because they have a crush on them. You know what I mean? Like and it's just like you're like putzing along thinking that you're friends with this person just because you're you're having like a normal fucking friendship with this person and then like they're only with you because they want to fucking get in your pants. Like yeah. it's just so it's just like the, it's like such a it's just such a betrayal. Yeah. I don't think that applies here though. I agree. Like that, yeah, no, it definitely is. I don't think that applies here because A, I do think Jacob genuinely cares about Bella. Like he's like at least like from his like his perspective thing, like now, like he just like wants her to be happy and like isn't thinking about he's like I, you know, whatever. But also Bella does know that he has a crush on her the whole time. Like it's not like she ever thinks from the very beginning they first meet, she's like, I'm gonna flirt with him to get information out of him because I know it'll work. Yeah, but she also and like even in this scene, she's like, "Well, it was friendship for me." Yeah, but the thing is, is that I like I understand that, but a Bella consistently makes her boundaries clear. She's consistently like, "That is not something that is in the cards for us, Jacob." Second of all, I don't think Jacob would have continued to be friends with her if he didn't have a crush on her. That's the thing. Like when the vampires come back, when he gets turned into a werewolf and the vampires come back in the picture, if he wasn't like in love with her and we know he's in love with her, we get that from the Jacob bonus content. If he wasn't in love with her, I think he would have dropped her like a fucking hot potato. I think the only reason he cares about her so deeply is because he wants to fuck her to like put it crudely. And that's so infuriating. I don't know. I think Bella is like being really selfish here too, though. Like, I think, like, Bella, like, towards them, not now, but, like, a little bit later on, she's going to be, like, I just, like, can't bear to, like, lose Jacob, so I'm going to, like, twist the truth sure. to, like, make him think that there's a chance. Which, like, would have been – yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, like, a very unhealthy Bella, dynamic. Bella doesn't act perfectly, but I think Jacob smashes through the boundaries first. And then I think Jacob continually smashes through the boundaries and continually, like, towards the end – like, some of the shit that Jacob does at the end of this book is so manipulative and infuriating. It's, like, Edward-level shit. Yeah. That's the thing. But it's it's not – the thing is – no, but the problem is is that it's not treated like Edward-level shit. At least when Edward's being super manipulative, I feel like for the most part of the book like calls out like Edward's being super manipulative (laughs) right now. But Jacob is always presented as like, oh, he's such – he's a nice guy, TM. Yeah. That's what it's presented as. Jacob is a nice guy, TM. Yeah. But he's not. And it's so that that I, I mean I've said this before like it always it's so much more infuriating to me when you have a person who's an asshole and the book never like really calls out the fact that what they're doing is fucked like and continues to pretend like they're good it's the same thing with the fucked up family thing when you have like fucked up families and yeah. the book never acknowledges that like this is like truly fucked up and the family like and like I just feel like at least the book acknowledges that Edward is fucked. Like that I just, he's weird. I also just feel like though because it is Jacob's the one who has like stronger feelings. It's kind of like on Bella to have been the one to put her foot down and be like, "This needs to end." Like instead of like dragging it on because it's not going to just like for not be Jacob. friends. Yes, because it's not going to happen. He has the feel. What is he? What is he supposed to do? Just not have feelings for her? You can't just turn it on and off. And I feel like once it gets to the point where it's clear that it's never going to be a healthy dynamic, like yeah. Yeah. No, again, I'm not I'm not saying that Bella handles the situation perfectly. I think it's super toxic on both sides. But I just I'm here for the Jacob slander. I feel like Bella gets enough slander and Jacob doesn't get enough slander. 
You know, I like I mean? it's slander, but like for the wrong Bella's things. constantly, she constantly is putting herself down. She constantly yeah. feels bad. She's constantly feeling guilty about things that aren't, she sh- doesn't even need to feel guilty about. Like she's constantly like feels guilty for like setting reasonable boundaries. Like every time she's like, no, Jacob, I don't feel that way about you. At, even at the beginning, she's like, oh, I feel so bad about it. And it's like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> because she knows that Jacob has a crush on her, but she won't reciprocate. Yeah. I don't know. You're not obligated. You're not obligated to reciprocate someone's feelings. No, you're not. But also like – No, again, later on. Later on, it gets to the point in which Bella – like to, to have it be healthy for both of them, Bella does need to cut it off. But even at the beginning, Bella is feeling guilty for establishing yeah. healthy boundaries with oh, a yeah. friendship. And that is like – Oh, see, I didn't take it as she feels guilty for establishing the boundaries. She feels guilty for like continuing – yeah, I don't know. Yeah. it's. I mean, I think it's one and the same with Bella. Like, I don't think she differentiates between establishing boundaries and, like, being selfish. But Bella is, like – she's, like, it was strange for me being this close to someone emotionally, not physically, although although the physical was strange for me, too. It wasn't my usual style. I didn't usually relate to people so easily. And I feel like – I don't know. Just, like, this is, like, a running theme of, like, Bella and Jacob, like, actually understand each other unlike Bella and Edward. <laughs> like, like, for better or for worse, like, they click on, like, a, you know – Friendship on a personality level. level. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that Bella and Edward don't. Right. But I also think that, again, like I think that disappears. <laughs> like I think oh, yeah. that stops being the case later on. Yeah. And Jacob, I guess like, yeah, because in his POV, he's like, oh, I start like noticing things about her like that she doesn't notice. I realize I notice. And, like that's why I like know so much about her, which is kind of – it depends how you want to see it. Like it's either like caring about someone, like wanting to know about them or it's like gathering up little details to like manipulate them. Yeah. But that's how I choose to see it. <laughs> it's unintentional, but I think he's doing it's it. It's not unintentional. In, in his like, POV, like it's like, oh, oh, the manipulating unintentional. Yeah. yeah that's what, Yeah. I don't think the manipulation is intentional at the beginning. Later on, by the end of this book, manipulation 100% guns a-blazing intentional. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So they – have motorcycle riding lessons and bella is like this is excellent (laughs) Excellent. i have figured out (laughs) excellent (laughs) i have figured out how to trigger these hallucinations and it works and she's oh but she's like so the first time she rides it she's like jacob's like forget the back brake but bella like immediately of course slams on the back brake which reminds me of the first time that i rode like an adult quote-unquote bike as a kid like as you know, as opposed to like a little kid bike where you brake by pushing the pedals back. And I was riding down the like quote unquote big hill in our neighborhood and like could not figure out how to fucking break the bike because I kept like <laughs> pushing the pedals back and it wasn't stopping. <laughs> Horrible. That big hill was fucking great. You could was go hill. so fast down that shit. I went like 25 miles per hour once, like with not even pedaling. I'm pretty sure I just unlocked the reason why I always ride the brakes going down any hill on like any bike ever. Like that's because definitely of that why. One it's definitely why because I couldn't stop and I had to like glide the whole rest of the block like until oh I could finally God. stop oh um, going up the other side. Also like Jacob's – or Bella's like riding and, and the road's like curving and she's like, Jacob hadn't told me how to turn. I'm like, have you never like ridden a bike, Bella? Or like a car? Like how? I, yeah. I mean I was willing – Whatever. I noticed that too. I was willing to give Bella some slack. So I'm like, listen, I've never ridden a motorcycle. I don't know whether it's like more difficult. You know what I mean? Because it's heavier. It's bulkier. You're going Maybe. faster. I can understand that there may be like some different technique. So I was like, what? You know, I'm not going to roast the Bella The second for this. <laughs> time she rides it, she falls off and crashes into a rock. 
and gets a head wound. <laughs> in the movie, it's like Bella's gone. Like, there's no way this girl survives this. She like, crashes over, nothing. rolls over several times, crashes into a boulder. <laughs> um, That's a nice comes- boulder. I like that boulder. <laughs> She comes over and she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm bleeding. And he's like, why are you apologizing for bleeding? <laughs> Which is so like, when you think about it, like, wow. Like, fucked. yeah. The fact that she like is trained to apologize for that. Which, no, but like, what's even weirder is like, I only just realized why it was weird. Because I always remember hearing that and being like, what do you mean? Of course you would apologize. You like ruined the day. <laughs> like, like, no. You're injured. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> They're okay. Um in the movie, Jacob takes off, he's like, oh my god, you're bleeding. And he takes off his shirt. And I just like this is one it's like a core memory from my middle school years of like Taylor Lautner taking off his shirt and the whole theater going, I'm ah! <laughs> just like erupting in screams. <laughs> and poor Taylor. I mean, Taylor Lautner looks like a llama, but he was originally <laughs> gonna get recast for the second movie because they were like, Oh, you're not big enough. Because Taylor Lautner, I mean, he's not like short but like he's not like jacob's supposed to be like six five like he's supposed yeah. to be like super tall and he's shorter than robert pattinson in the movie he's like, he's only like um, but they were like sure. he like yeah he like bulk he had like had to bulk up a lot for this movie and you and i were talking we were like because because i mean we've mentioned before like none of these actors besides like the actors that play billy and harry like none of the indigenous actors are like actually indigenous and you mm. just know there's like an indigenous like six five oh, like yeah. Native American like actor who's like would have been like, perfect for fucking Jacob and instead they got Taylor yeah, like, should Lautner. I, should I say this? So I was looking up for a TikTok um when the like casting calls for Fleur Delacour would have been for the for the Harry Potter movies. And what kept coming up was they were talking about casting for the fourth movie. And this quote from one of the like casting people or whatever was like yeah you know we're trying to cast like Padma and Parvati Patil and in the book they're actually written as twins but you know it's almost impossible to find identical Asian or like Asian twin girls like I guess meaning like South Asian Indian and I was like I fucking guarantee like first of all you're in the UK there's no shortage also like go to fucking India there's plenty of people who like what you just know there's like a set of like identical Indian twin girls out there who are like we were fucking robbed. Like we would have been great. Yeah. Like you know, they, I would were be so mad. They, they were They were. No, I, I would be so mad. And same thing with like the, the Jacob no. thing. Like they were probably like, oh, it's, it's it's just impossible to find a Native American actor. Like it's just impossible. Where where are they? They don't exist. We Sorry, we gotta get this okay. like German guy or whatever the fuck Taylor. Yeah, Lawrence he's is. Irish. Yeah, like, that's his main like Irish and German ancestry. It's like it's like every time it's like every time they have a tall character. I mean, it's not it's not as, as bad. I'm not gonna like make the comparison, but like the other the other time I've noticed things like this is every anytime a a character a girl is like tall in a book, they always cast like someone who's like five seven. I'm like, all right. Give me this. <laughs> Let me have this one thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. So Bella gets stitches and she tells Charlie that she like tripped and like fell on a wrench in Jacob's garage. <laughs> but the next day they go hiking. They're like, but Jacob's like, we should do something that is not dangerous because Charlie's gonna start thinking that I'm like beating you up in my garage. <laughs> Can I just say that this like this 
convoluted plan is just like another one of like it's just Bella's constant theme of convoluted plans in an emergency. Like she has a bleeding head wound, and instead of like let's go to the hospital like a normal person, she's like Charlie's gonna know, so we have to go home and change, and also drop off the bikes, and then go to the hospital. It's the same as like when they're running from James at the end of Twilight, and like. I don't know. My instinct in those situations is always just like run, like get the fuck out. Bella is like, let's stop and go back and pack and have like this whole convoluted like non-emergency thing. They go and hunt for the meadow. No, this is like the next week, I think. Oh, wait. No, no, no. So this is because because the doctor fucking calls Charlie and tells him to like watch Bella. And I'm like, does HIPAA not exist in Forks? Like Bella's 18. I guess yeah. like I, maybe she like never unsigned the forms not that with said the like they're allowed chief. to contact Charlie, but like <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, okay, let's do something that's like not life threatening. And so they go and hunt for the meadow. Um, and Bella's like, I don't know like how to get there. So like Jacob like pulls out his, I don't know, Jacob, I guess is like a map maker. Like he fucking pulls out, he like draws like a radius and like draws all these yeah. like lines and like makes all these trails for them. And he's like, we're going to eliminate these one by one. So they go out to the meadow. And she's like, oh, I've only been there once. And I'm thinking, I'm like, Edward and Bella had this whole soft summer and Edward never took her to the meadow, like not once. No. Are you kidding and They're me? hiking and Bella's like, Jacob set a vastly different mood than like the last time that I was here with Edward. Like he's cheerful, whistling, swinging his arms. And I'm like, this is just yet another example of like the time with Jacob is like happy and sepia and like Edward is like cold and blue. Also – Bella's in new boots this whole time. New boots for a 12-mile hike. Like, (laughs) they – okay, so that's what it is. So, okay, so it's Saturday. She had work. Okay, let's say, like, most generous. She gets off at noon for work, okay? She works at the Newton's outdoor store. So she got an employee discount on her new boots. Yeah. She gets to Jacob's house. Let's say he only spends an hour with the compass map. Let's say they start at, like, 1, 1.30, okay? And – they walk for like six miles and then they like turn back a bit and then walk back six miles. So it's an over 12 mile hike. And Jacob's like, Jacob has the nerve to be like, let's save. It's like, it's like dark when they get back to the truck. And he's like, let's save hiking for Sundays now. I didn't realize you would be so slow. But like the sun sets. So this is, it's January 31st when they do this. The sun sets in Forks, Washington at 5.16 p.m. on January 31st, okay? So that would have given them like not even four – like four hours to hike max. And assuming a normal walking pace, which is about 20-minute miles, that would have been like barely enough time for 13 miles. But they're fucking hiking. So just like – I don't know. Bella's yeah, being unfairly slandered it, here. He's like, I didn't know you were that slow. Yeah. Bella's constantly being slandered for hiking <laughs> skills. And I'm like – a 12-mile hike is, like, a lot for anybody, for, like, most people, I would yeah. say. In new boots? People. New boots? Like, yeah. I would have just, like, keeled over and died after, like, literally five <laughs> minutes because, you know what? I've done that before. Like, I've been there done that. Blisters. You're like, like I have keeled bleeding. over and died. Profusely <laughs> bleeding from the foot. No, I'm not kidding. Like, it wasn't hiking, but it was, it was on perfectly flat ground. And she's wearing, like, leather hiking boots. So, like, exactly. that's even worse. Like, leather she's boots. not even that's wearing, like, comfy, about. like, breathable hiking boots. <laughs> Bella's feet – Bella's toenails are falling off at the end of this hike. Like, that's canon. I like, mean, I just wouldn't I, have a heel. I wouldn't have a heel anymore. My yeah. foot would be all toes. Like, that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but no toenails, like Rachel, Because ostrich. that's what – when you hike a lot in new boots, you don't break them in. Your toenails fucking start ostrich. to fall off. Oh, my God. I mean, I remember – yeah, be fast, running on your toes. Do you remember like thinking that as a kid? 
I, was, I don't know if I don't the know if this Naruto is run. No, no, I don't know if this is universal. But I remember learning, like, someone telling me that like ostriches or emus are like the fastest animals, and they run on their toes. So therefore, me thinking that if I run on my toes, it'd be faster, and like trying that, it's just not. <laughs> no. Is that why we all have knee problems today? <laughs> I, I didn't do it like routinely. I just like would try it out occasionally. But uh-huh. so they're talking about the oh, so also they talk about the bear. Like I think Jacob Charlie has like warned Bella about the bear, and like you know they chatted about that. Yeah, and but like Billy is like chill about it, and Jacob's like bears don't eat people. We don't taste good. Of course, you might be the exception. And Bella's like oh, he wasn't the first person to tell me that. <laughs> God, why does everyone think I would taste good? Like, is it just something about me? Do I taste like mushroom ravioli? Like, Am I that? the drama? So then Bella's like, okay, time has like been, you know, tripping along more quickly than before, like school and work and Jacob, and suddenly it's Valentine's Day. Ooh, and they're each other's Valentine's. Jacob gets her conversation hearts, which are one of the worst candies. I don't even oh, I don't even think it qualifies as a candy. It's like chalk and heart form, which is still nice. I mean, better than nothing. <laughs> it's like to be given a nice little gift. No, nice don't necklace. give me anything because I'm just gonna have to throw them out and feel yeah. guilty about it. God. Jacob's like, will you be my Valentine? And Bella's like, I need to like set the boundaries again. And she's like, he when Jacob's like, bikes Friday, she's like, No, I'm actually going to the movies with some friends from school. But then she like immediately feels guilty and like invites Jacob too. She's like, you can come. You can come. So she was she was going to get a gang together because Mike was like, let's go out once again. And she was like, uh, no. Um, and she he was he kept trying to like make it a double date. He was like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll invite like this other couple. And she was like, yeah, <laughs> we'll invite Jessica and Lauren. And like, we'll invite our whole Will friend and group. Yeah. And like, I'm going to invite Jacob. So but they roll up to the theater and everyone, Jessica and Lauren are like, fuck Bella, understandably, like. Well, not Lauren. Lauren's a bitch, but like Jessica, understandably, is yeah. like fuck Bella. No I'm not going with Bella. anywhere. At least with movies her. with Bella, like that's her hard line. Yeah, like, she's like, I'm not going to movies with Bella. Also, her ex boyfriend. She's like, I'm not going to movies with right. Mike. Like, yeah. no. So it ends up just being Mike, Bella, and Jacob. And Jacob <laughs> and Mike naturally have a dick measuring contest by like shaking each other's hand and Jacob's like squeezing Mike's hand and I'm like whatever. And in the movie, Mike is like, Are you even old enough? Because they're seeing like some like. <laughs> r-rated action movie yeah. and mike is like are you even old enough to see this movie which to answer the question no jacob is not <laughs> and jacob is like well bella's buying my ticket because she's 18 <laughs> can i just say so bella suggests like naturally the horror movie and mike's like what about this other romantic movie rotten tomatoes gave it a better review and can i just say like Good for Rotten Tomatoes, like 16 years strong. Like it's been a staple of the internet since like the internet. Wait, does you know? it really mention Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, Mike says it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know. I yeah. that. Good for them. Yeah. So Jacob drives. He rolls up in mm-hmm. his rabbit, which is the car he's been fi- fixing for the past year. And Bella compares the way – she's like so proud of Jacob and she compares he herself – to a PTA mom, like a proud PTA yeah. mom with her son. And I'm like, oh, Jacob, Jakey boy, like you didn't even get friend zoned. You got son zoned, <laughs> which is that foreshadowing because Jacob oh, will eventually become God. <laughs> uh, He built it himself. Yeah, I built it myself. That he talks down. I, I actually did it myself. <laughs> he nice. built it himself. Yeah. yeah. They're sitting in the movie, and and this is in and this is in both New Moon the movie and the book too. Yeah. It's described as like Jacob and Mike each put their hands on the armrest on the either side of Bella, and in the book they're described as like steel bear traps, <laughs> open and ready, ready. To, like, <laughs> a natural position, snap closed. If Bella puts her, hand. Bella's like I pulled my hands back, hoping both their hands fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, like. 
that's like so representative of like the high like I feel like high school like movie handholding when you're like awkward like on a, on like a date. I mean, this isn't a date, but like the one movie date I ever went on in high school was like like his hand was there or like I put my hand like on the thing and then like halfway through the movie his hand like darts out and grabs <laughs> And then we just like held hands for the rest of the movie, but our hands got so sweaty. And I was like, oh, oh, is that is where hard. your hand sweat phobia came from? No, I just never liked hand sweat. <laughs> Even before then, I was like, oh my God. But I was like, I can't pull away because like he's my boyfriend. Oh my <laughs> like, can't be a bitch. So Mike like runs out of the movie halfway through. And so like afterwards, so Jacob and Bella like eventually go to like check on him. And I just, this is like, there's multiple times in this book. And I'm blanking on the other two, although I know I already mentioned them. But like they're they're sitting out there and it's like it's described as quiet enough for us to hear the popcorn popping and the concession in the lobby. And like I just get such a vivid like you know exactly what that's like, like sitting in the movie mm-hmm. theater when everyone's in the movies and like you just are sitting, it's like the the absolute mm-hmm. silence, like except for the popping, like just great. Like at that that the spaghetti party scene, like yeah. some I forget what else. Like it all just gives me like like perfect, like immaculate vibes. Like you know exactly. Yeah. Like you can put yourself in that. So you're you you are there. You're like transported. There's a few moments like that in the first I can't remember any in the first book. I mean, I guess mushroom ravioli, but there's like Stephanie Meyer just like there's a few moments where she just like really fucking nails it. Yeah. And then of, most like, of the time I'm like, I don't understand what's going on because I don't understand Bella's reactions, but but good on you. Yeah. Character. <laughs> yeah. And Jacob is like, haha, Mike is vomiting from the movie but first of all, I can't imagine from like the from like the gore but like I like has anyone ever actually done that like seen a Bella. Gore movie and vomed seen no, a gore movie Bella's seen gore and vom like not even gore no she paper smells pie. it yeah that's different yeah. it's not seeing like a gory movie like is, first of all is that a thing that actually happens because it's I a thing so. that's referenced and I feel like I've never met anyone no, who ever I mean, like has that type of reaction picture like seeing a gross video and then like you can get sick to your I mean I never have but, like I feel like it's a thing I don't know but I feel like if you have that kind of reaction like you don't go to those movies you just don't agree to go to those movies because oh, yeah. if you have that kind of reaction like that's like you always are you know well, either way whatever first of all the, the second point is like why are you laughing like someone's ill like regardless right. of the reason that they're ill like why are you fucking laughing right. i know it's <laughs> this is like the albino move. joke all over again yeah. it's like it's not funny it's a medical condition regardless of what's causing it and we learn later mike has a stomach flu right but in jacob's defense he is currently he's like undergoing the werewolf transformation as we speak yeah, because in his the POV he's like he's like oh I'm so mad all of a sudden but I have this like wild confidence and I'm gonna like grab Bella's hand and like you know confess my love to her like I just I don't know where this is coming from and, he, and Bella's like I don't know where all this confidence is coming from like, <laughs> yeah because Jacob while while Mike is puking in the bathroom Jacob like tries to make a move and he's like don't worry I'm he's constantly like I'm patient I'll wait for you to like me back and I'm like no 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 means no Jacob no means no. Stop this. Even Bella is like, I Bella and like Bella, this is one of the situations where Bella like feels unnecessarily guilty and like gaslights herself. She's like, oh, like I have made it 100 percent clear that I am not going to return those feelings for Jacob. But maybe I I should have made it clearer. And I'm like, I, I don't know how many di- different ways you can say it. Like she's like, I keep giving Jacob encouragement and i'm like no jacob's just an entitled dickwad but she's also like oh i don't really want to like say that because he might get hurt and avoid me which is like shitty on both ends but like it's definitely yeah but that's so fucked up that's so unhealthy that she's like she feels like he would like he would dump her 
dump like like their friendship would be over if she like except that she had i just feel like there's like she can't be more clear yeah of like i'm not doing that with anyone not just you whatever we've talked about it at nauseam so everyone goes home Bella goes home and she gets the 24-hour stomach bug, which I first heard of 24-hour stomach bugs like from this scene and I didn't think they were real. And then like one day, like I got them like six months ago. I like just like woke up. I start – it was so – it's never happened to me before then and it certainly hasn't happened to me since. Like I've thrown out before, but it's usually like because I'm hungover or like because I had orange juice as a child or because I have lemonade as a child. But like like six months ago, maybe it was less than then, I literally like I woke up. I like worked for like 20 minutes and then I went to the bathroom because I started to feel sick and I just like out of the blue, just like stomach bile. Like it wasn't even like I ate anything. Like it was just – Was it for the next 24 hours? Because I don't think you've experienced – like I – when I no, I, I didn't throw up for the next twenty four hours, but I felt sick no. and I just like had mm-hmm. to sleep the rest of the day. Yeah, because what it is is, I mean, it happened to me two days before the Disney trip, senior oh, year of high no. school, and they had that threat that was like, if you skip school at all the week before the Disney trip, you will not be allowed to go on the trip. You will forfeit all your money. So yeah. I was like, literally on the bathroom. That's the I think that's the only time I fainted. Actually, I remember because I was I literally spent the entire day and night on the bathroom floor like curled up like throwing up and then mom came in and was like trying to help me up and then I forget why like I was standing up by the door and he left me for like one second and then I just remember being like oh this feels so good and then like the next thing I knew I opened my eyes and I was on the floor oh my mom was like you passed out like that's what it felt like I was it felt like a nice like falling asleep because it was the first time I wasn't in pain for like the past 12 hours (laughs) but then I had to miss school and I was like oh my god they're not gonna let me go I'm not gonna be able to go and turn out to be a fucking empty threat I was allowed well, to it's go. It's like but... if you're sick. Like there's a difference between just like yeah. ditching. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I could only eat saltines for the first like day of the Disney oh. trip. Hopefully I wasn't still contagious. I didn't really think oh. about that until now. Okay. It had been well, like a full 24 hours since I had symptoms. But Maybe I, I never have had a 24-hour Yeah, I don't think like so. Because it's just like – Mine was not like that. You're just like in constant pain and like vomiting for 24 hours. Well, I did have that one time when I got that – when we were in Nicaragua and I ate the yeah, contaminated Yeah, uh, that's more meat. like it. That's more like and it. And I, I didn't – I wasn't throwing up. I don't remember. You Maybe I threw it, up, yeah. but it was like just a little no, bit. It was mostly yeah. pooping. It was like it's, massive it's, diarrhea yeah, both and ends. stomach Definitely cramps. Both okay. Like- no, that – you and Nicaragua is is what it is. I mean, food poisoning can be very similar. All right, whatever. Bella goes home and gets this – has the 24-hour stomach bug. Jacob goes home and has this little werewolf explosion. But we don't know that yet. Jacob makes a stupid random promise that he's going to feel compelled to keep even though no one else even remembers him. He's like, Bella, when he's declaring himself, he's like, Bella, I would never hurt you. <laughs> and this promise is referenced once again throughout the book. A million. But Bella doesn't even remember time. it. Like, Jacob's yeah, the only like, one. You promise. And yeah, no, Jacob's no, like, no. Oh, the I'm first breaking time. my promise again. Yeah. And Bella's like, what promise? Like, it's, it's like, excuse me. <laughs> and that is where we are ending. <laughs> today because we've been recording for over two hours i don't know rachel i got a lot left maybe we can finish it next time yeah i'm about halfway through my notes we'll see we'll see if we can do it in two we thought we could do twilight in two i thought you fool you naively you hoped or perhaps you hoped (laughs) what's that from oh yeah 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 yeah, that's it. Catskills come in sometime whenever we finish. It? Who knows? <laughs> Catskills come in to be decided. We'll see. Maybe <laughs> next week. Maybe it's the week after. You can 
be surprised. Mm -hmm. Stay on the edge of your seats. What happens now that Jacob is officially a werewolf? Except not actually a a traditional werewolf. He's he's a shapeshifter. He's just Mm -hmm. a shapeshifter who can turn into a wolf. Anyway, that's the end. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. No, that's it now. At we read it one night <laughs> on Twitter. At you we read it podcast on TikTok. We're <laughs> reinstated by the time this episode lies. Yeah, <laughs> TikTok TBD. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, you can email us. We read it one night at gmail.com. Yep. And um, to help heal our souls, because we've been permanently banned, probably <laughs> because of the menemous anger, leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening. <laughs> wherever you're listening allows you to do that because it's a real it's a real uh, dopamine boost every time we see those numbers go up godspeed comrades godspeed